Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 115. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, 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 hello. It feels like it's been seven years since we recorded one of these. <laughs> I've, I've been feeling old lately because, you know, that's I feel like that's arrogance in its own way. But I'm like, oh, where's all the time gone? And I've done 115 monthly podcasts. That's where the time's gone. Um, Yeah, I guess so. Um... You know, the thing is, I feel like this one always sneaks up on me, and I every time I'm like, oh, like I lived a whole life between episodes of Normal Mapping. Uh, yeah, I fucking destroyed my back and played like six games. I don't know what, what do you want from me. No, I mean this one. It, it always feels like ages between Normal Mappings, but then I think back and I'm like, we didn't start this that long ago. Yeah, I know it was 2013. I was 19 years old. Oh, I was a fool. I mean, it turned out it worked out, but like I would out. never, t- I would never risk this again. <laughs> I'm now at the point where I'm going to pick out my own 19 year old. The cycle continues. Zeta Gundam. Uh, you just have to shoot me in the head and find someone new. <laughs> Only That's two that can to be, be young. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sift you. You know, um, what's happened in the intervening months since we last played or talked about uh, video games? We played Halo Four that happened was it just halo 4 do we finish last time we discussed odst and reach i don't think i'd we'd finished reach i think that's on a voip life we finished reach reach ended really badly i was like man can't get worse than that uh fate (laughs) conspired to crush me for saying such stupid things because halo 4 is a fucking terrible video game oh my god there are bits in halo 4 that are better than halo reach there are moments I, i think the first couple of missions are like pretty okay like i don't know it opens it opens with the um oni oni guy uh interrogating dr what's her face what's her name Halsey, and being like this is a fascist right i mean being yeah. like finally someone says it he's like oh you've you've risked everything for uh, your love of the spartans i'm like dude you're the super cops <laughs> who are you to like put on airs like oh this has gone too far and it, it's not even referenced in the, like, final monologue. <laughs> just no, never... none of the rest of the game's about it. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, there course, are moments like, where, like... The... the game does end with, the, with you know, Master Chief coming to Earth and literally everyone, like, slow clapping as he takes off his <laughs> cod piece. Like, that's literally how the <laughs> do game do that? It'd be funny if they did actually slow clap. Because <laughs> that's the thing, is it, like... There are moments, right, where the tone of Halo 4 is stupid enough to be funnier than Halo Reach's, like, respecting the troops 9-11 uh, bullshits. But it's not stupid enough. Most of the Cortana stuff is too intolerable to actually be that funny. It's really bad. I don't understand why they thought this was the story that they wanted to tell of her just, like like losing her mind over the course of the game but all that means is that she has like intense mood swings and it's like oh i'm sorry john for ruining everything by having emotions and john's like don't worry i don't know what those are Uh, (laughs) and that's the that's the story they just do that eight times and then she like sacrificed herself to save him but not really because i know she's in the next one i don't know it's really dumb the didact i also don't know we are at the point where i don't i know she's in the next one but i don't know um and they had to invent a whole new race of weird vampire Riemann guys because the, the Covenant wasn't cool enough. Uh, and so they invented the dumbest aliens on in space. Yeah, finally see Forerunners and they're stupid. Yeah, they're stupid. And the humanity existed before 
the fl- the reclaim the way they tie in the reclaimer stuff makes no sense. All of the lore is broken. I'm sure it's all ex- all these retcons are explained in books that I'm never going to read. Oh, also, I'm pretty sure that the rest of the games are just going to ignore the, this because nobody likes this game. The specific stuff in this, yes, but like the more broad-reaching stuff about the way the forerunners work, that stuff is going to be adhered to. Oh, in sure. Lore. But the bit but. about how like the the librarian, that lady, turned Master Chief into like the the, the key the that super will reclaimer the power of yeah. humanity. Yeah. Where's that going? <laughs> who fucking cares? Uh, who fucking cares? Where's the, the Where's the Arbiter? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Where the fuck is the Arbiter? That game forgets to talk about why the Covenant is there and, like, work, like trying to figure all the shit out. Just ignores that completely. It's like, oh, some Covenant are here. Do we get to co- talk to them at all? Like, we kind of had an alliance last time. Nope, not interested. Just shoot not them interested. all. Shoot all the Covenant. It's ridiculous. I don't know how you don't sit down to make Halo 4 and go, well, first mission, you're playing as the Arbiter. Yeah. It didn't even need Master Chief in that game, honestly. Maybe he shows up at the end. Just play make an Arbiter game. Everyone would love it. Missions 1 through 10. You play as the Arbiter. Done. Yeah. Ship it. <laughs> Ship it. He's got um, a human buddy that's, like, not Master Chief, but also, thank God Johnson's dead, so he can't make his stupid quips. I just need someone for him to have, like, tense, fake kind of, like, important conversations with and say ridiculously enigmatic lines for no reason. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Nathan Fillion's still alive. He could do it. I'm I'm someone with a little. Um, <laughs> no, I guess I want to wanna be I want to be the arbiter bullying Nathan Fillion throughout a video game. That sounds all right. Nathan Fillion's like, uh, yes, sir, sir, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> the arbiter's like, um, the prophet spoke once of this. <laughs> uh, three four three don't understand why Halo was ever good. I like Bungie forgot, but they Bungie never forgot. knew. No, so. All of the things with them saying that, like, um, Halo Infinite is a spiritual reboot, whatever that means. That's the most video games are saying ever to call something a spiritual reboot. Um, we're making it like Halo 1. What if that level where you drive around don't know where you're going, but that's the entire video game? That is literally the pitch. Yep, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't understand how you decide that's the thing you do. Anyway, that said, I'm excited for Halo Infinite. <laughs> Yeah, no, me too. That's the worst part. Six years. Someone's made some fucking Halo. They have one job at Microsoft. Make (laughs) fucking Halo. Make some Halo. They've had to buy Bethesda because they were too slow at making Halo. You know. They're going to make fucking Robocop guy make Halo if this doesn't work. So that's going to be the worst thing. Oh, he's working. He's expanding his labor by watching Robocop 2. Ugh. Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> sometimes you have to crunch, and sometimes crunch is watching Robocop. The, the, the creative director guy on, on Doom and Doom Eternal, Doom 4, Hugo, not, not Dooms that Matters, yeah. um, just says some stupid shit in interviews all the time about uh, not realizing that he's an evil boss uh, that is just completely out of touch with the actual means of labor, uh, but he sure opens his mouth and says dumb shit all the time. Yeah, he was asked about Crunch and gave some, like, because we're so passionate, we're always working. And by When I mean working, I mean I'm watching Robocop and making notes for the story. Yeah. My testers are, are not doing that. 
Yeah. He literally said, I'm, I'm watching movies and reading comics, uh, <laughs> to enrich the lore of doom. Uh, and then there's a no clip documentary about doom, uh, four, where he talks about RoboCop in the dumbest guy way possible. That man has seen RoboCop a bunch and has understood nothing. <laughs> It's so funny. It's specifically the scene where they're talking about, like, uh, he's watching the bit where Robocop gets turned into Robocop, and yeah. he describes it like, because he's making a video game, but it's also powerful video game, brain. he's like, oh, when the guy says to you, you're going to be a badass, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I am, I'm Robocop. I'm like, even when I'm watching a first-person sequence in a film, I don't think, damn, I'm Robocop right now. Ah, uh, that's because we haven't seen Doom, the film, yet. That's true. We have not seen Doom, the film. Someday. Maybe one day. Uh, it seems boring. Uh, I want to watch it, though. Uh, anyway, uh, what else did I do this month? I played Final Fantasy Adventure for the Game yes, Boy. Yes, you did. Uh, also known as Seiken Densetsu at some point. <laughs> um, I mean, in Japan, yes. Yeah, but even Japan, that game was originally Seiken Densetsu colon Final Fantasy Gaiden. Uh, they knew where their money was, and it's in Final Fantasy. I always forget, which one had the Final Fantasy subtitle in Japan? Was it Mana or Saga? It was Mana. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, then it spun. And in Europe, it was called Mystic Quest, only increasing the confusion for everyone forever. <laughs> well, we didn't have any. The only other Final Fantasy we had was Mystic Quest, which was called something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that is a Game Boy game. Uh, it, it is the first mana game. I've not played mana at all. So I, uh, I knew briefly what it was where it had like the big bar at the bottom that fills up over time. And, uh, every time you attack or do anything, it uses that bar up. Um, mm. Kind of like a, almost like a shmup, like a, like an energy bar. Um, oh, yeah, that and makes you sense. get better attacks if your bar is full, but obviously you attack way slower or your like heals work better, everything. Um, and the game itself is just Final Fantasy team making a, a Zelda like straight up. Like it's got plot in the way Zelda doesn't in like 2D or whatever. Um, but it's really interesting in that it's about traversing a big world map that like is squares that scroll and you like find caves underneath bushes and rocks and shit. Like it's straight up Zelda. Um, it's really good. I liked it a lot. I highly recommend it. I, it's pretty approachable. Um, I think it goes on a little too long and, uh, because I don't like big Zelda maps where eventually it's like a huge maze. And you're like, where am I? Just, just tell me where I need to go. All the enemies in this part of the world suck. Um, but it's a good time. Yeah. It seems cool. I I would like to play through the mana games one day. Um, yeah. They seem very approachable. Uh, Mystic Quest in uh, Europe is called Mystic Quest Legend, i.e. the console spinoff from the video ga- gameplay game Mystic Quest. Amazing. At some point, I'm going to watch uh, play Secret of Mana. Um, I know there's a remake of this that's called like Sword of Mana for the GBA. And then they made Legend of Mana, right? That's what that one's called? No, you've, you've skipped one. No, no, no. The, the, the second remake. Sword of Mana, and then they made uh, like a mobile version. Oh, Adventures of Adventure Mana. Adventure of Mana, yes. Adve- yes. Sword of Mana's GB, uh, yes, yes, Adventure yes. of Mana's um, Vita. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's a mobile game. Yes, but, I mean, even you look uh, at yeah. that Vita UI and you're like, damn. And you can, you can play those, of course, but I know those incorporate ideas from uh, Seiken Setsu 2 and 3 in them, so I wanted to just play the original. Um <sighs> Yeah. When, uh, when people, it didn't have any of that shit and would just, here's a chocobo. It's a Final Fantasy game. People really liked um, Adventure of Mana because uh, it was like a 
faithful to like the map design and the japanese version but also like brought it in line with the future stuff so i i know it, it is a well-liked game as opposed to the remake of second and 2 which is like the same graphical style but didn't like add as much so it just kind of made the game look worse yeah um and then people like the uh remake of three so i don't know yeah i'm just gonna play the original ones of those i don't i'm not really interested in like a voice 3d remake you know it's so weird that that one got one but then they they didn't do that for two and now they've gone back to like just porting for the playstation one yeah. i have no idea what's going on at square uh god who, who can say really i mean the other part of it is that like both mana and saga have like a guy leading them who's like oh well, i want these out on modern platforms and square just do it and yet they refuse for the, the actual games they make fucking final fantasy you can't play Final Fantasy V except on Steam in like an awful way, you know. If you want to be one of those legal people, I can emulate it because I'm not a cop. Yeah, no, I, I have, I well, one, I actually just have my copy of Five, like GBA, lying around. But lying around, yeah. <laughs> I do also have it on on two different flashcards that exist in my apartment at this moment. But like, so. if there are a lot of people who aren't into emulation for really dumb reasons, like they they're not making the games available, they're going to shut off PSN. This is the only way to play video games. Yeah. Steal uh, your fucking video games, like you know, buy what you want, I guess, but you should also steal them. Square Enix have enough of my fucking money. Oh, it's true. It's true. So they true. do. You bought uh, fucking that uh, music game. <laughs> the memory that I downloaded. Because yes. I'd watched the cutscenes the days before they came out and was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. What'd you play this month? I played some Dragon Quest 2. Oh, how's Dragon Quest 2? I didn't finish it, but it's, it's mostly really cool. Um... Dragon Quest is weird in the early goings because it's like everything that makes an RPG is there except the systems, like the combat systems. So all of the gating is very artificial and there's no feeling of like, oh, I have overcome something with skill. It's all like, okay, I've grinded enough levels, like my numbers are higher. It's all numbers. Um, which honestly makes it quite interesting uh, with one of the I, games this month. I don't, I don't feel like Dragon Quest ever escapes doing this one thing. <laughs> I assume that as they go, there's like, you know, you can do buffs and debuffs and strategies and like, I assume the combat achieves I mean, some level of complexity yeah, like, beyond y- one, you two. Learn, you learn, like, frizz or whatever, right? But like, it's still the game it is. Yeah, yeah. But like, because it's a game about numbers gating, it's mostly a game about like, world exploration. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, like, you know, using keys to open doors, but on a whole world scale and not resident evil mansion scale yeah Um, once you once you stop gaining experience fast you're like oh time to move on (laughs) time to move on and even then you're you're not even really because of the the experience has been i think it's been rebalanced in the new versions i know the version of dragon quest 2 that i'm playing which is the switch one because uh the originals are um, bad to bad the wrong word the translations that exist the originals are not great uh they are like um there's a few ones that will like f- polish it up, but in the way that I hate where they go too faithful, there's a there's like a delocalized edition. It's like we're gonna retranslate Dragon Quest, and they've ruined all the spell names. Oh, um, yeah. And so, so I was like, I'm just gonna play like the kind of ugly Switch one. It's fine. It works on Switch. I know it makes it a little easier, uh, but didn't didn't bother me too much. And yeah, it's 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 fun. The art is great. You can't beat a slime. Um. Yeah, no, you're right. 
Uh, I, I would like to play. I think I'm going to play the Game Boy Color versions of one and two. I think mm-hmm. that's where my heart's at. Yep. Just just know that Roto is Erdrick. I knew that. Okay, done. I always knew of him as Lodo. Um, <laughs> this is still, still no one's agreed to just use Erdrick because, you know, Square have been using Erdrick for like 15 years. No, look. The problem is, is that, like, very briefly, Dragon Warrior 1 was a thing that people cared about in the West, and so that stuff's going to stick. Robotnik. Yeah, that's the thing. It's weird. Like, I, like I'm like i diehard Eggman guy, but um, I think I think Lotus fine. I, it's fine. It's more than just, like, this stuff is referenced to future games, and I would like consistency when I'm playing through them. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Uh if it was just its own thing and like one translation, it wouldn't matter. But it's a series building on and like having a bunch of like references and uh, that stuff is why I went for the official version. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it is what it is. It's cool. Uh, I really like the opening cutscene of Dragon Quest Two, um, okay. which is like uh, you're in a castle that gets attacked. Uh, by the forces of evil, whatever they are, you know, classic Dragon Quest, just some guys, some like goblin guys. Uh, castle gets destroyed, and then it just like follows the sprite of one guy running to the other castle to deliver the message, and then he dies instantly. It's just a good, good uh, opening to a JRPG. Yeah, fair enough. But that's really all the gaming I've been doing. It's already been a game heavy month. It's been a weird month for me. <laughs> and you, I guess. You you just expressed your weirdness through sitting and playing video games. Well, not sitting, lying down. I, I That week I did not play anything. I thinkfully was I was ahead on pretty much everything else because mm-hmm. I would have missed uh, finishing the video game this month. One of them, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, look, sometimes you get old and uh, yeah. you, you just sit wrong and your back falls apart and you just don't do anything for a while. And it's a real shame. Yeah. Um, it's bad when you don't feel like, like it's like oh I'm I literally can't sit up to work this week so I just have the week off. Uh, what do I do? Don't feel up for gaming. It's a bad time. I've been up for it since then. I'm working on stuff. Those, I only want to talk about games and I'm like done with them though. You know. Yep. I'll have another JRPG next month to talk about. I'm working on. Classic. Yeah. In the in the year of JRPGs where we play six JRPGs, what if I also just played like a JRPG a month? <laughs> I mean, I'm also tr- doing that because I like JRPG. I'm not very well because I, you know, it's hard to fit things in. This was a particularly hard month to fit things in with, uh, but hopefully soon. We don't actually know what we're doing in the month after next yet. So no, a, a secret seventh JRPG, a <laughs> secret seventh JRPG, the seventh saga. Um. I guess we, we you know, both games this month could be considered JRPGs. I'm not making any claim to this. Well, One way or the other. Get into it, so hit the music. Thank you. 
of game clubs this month. The first one is a Patreon request. Uh, we are covering Kero no Tame ni Kane Wanaru, also known as The Frog for Whom the Bell Tolls, which is a Game Boy game uh, developed by Intelligent Systems in 1992. This game never came out in the West. It has a fan translation that we'll link in the description and you can, you know, patch it yourself or just find a version that's fixed, whatever. Um, put it on your emulators of choice. Uh, load it onto your Game Boy. That's what I did. It was great. <laughs> we both played it on a Game Boy Color. Actually, I did not. I played this on uh, my uh, Hack DS. Uh, oh, and then right. I got yes. my Game Boy after I'd finished the game. <laughs> yes. You played Final Fantasy on the Game Boy. Yes. Um, anyway. Uh, this game was selected, uh, by Richard, uh, who wanted us to play it. Um, and I think I, you know, I don't know, I guess you're the one who talked to Richard. The reason that uh, Richard picked this, I assume is because we talked a lot about Link's Awakening, how great it is. And this game is in many ways, the predecessor of Link's Awakening, Uh, a lot of uh, the same team. Um, it's actually not the, it's the same engine, but it's very different team, very different team. Okay. I think there's only one, but there was a fact thing that I saw was like only one person actually worked on both games, but they did steal this entire template for Link's yeah. Awakening. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, everything about it, other than the people who are working on it, is like Link's Awakening, but without the Zelda stuff in it. They didn't even like change the movement speed, the way the sprites work, the screens. No, they, they ha- it has the same like two D to uh, to top down situation with the sprites working and the jumping identical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, and so they made this game in, with this engine, and then uh, this game has, like, a, I assume it's relatively popular in Japan because, um, like, Prince uh, Prince Richard, one of the characters in this, is in Link's Awakening, and he's in the remake, and um, the Sable Prince, the main character, is in Smash as, like, a trophy in multiple Smash games. Like, it's a character that is known, um, but just never came out over here, which is a damn shame because uh, this game whips. Anyway... Uh, before we go into what the game is like to play, uh, the story of this game is you play as the Sable Prince unnamed, um, and you have, have this friendly rivalry with Prince Richard. Uh, Prince Richard is like a courageous, uh, cool guy knight. He's like Prince Charming and Shrek or whatever, I guess. Um, and you're just kind of like his like tag along fuck up friend, um, who spends its way, spends his way out of trouble and, uh, generally doesn't get anything saved. Uh, Prince Richard goes off to save the day and you decide to follow after him and turns out he did not succeed and it falls to you to, uh, save the day, uh, as there's a princess captured and everyone's being turned into frogs and you also get turned to a frog, hence the title. And, uh, that's the story. You do it. It's wacky. Um, it's like a light, you know, it's like a light comedy game. Uh, it's in the framework of a, like a Zelda or a Dragon Quest style game, but is much more lighthearted, um, like irreverent. You go to an area that's like high tech and fake Nintendo developers are there and the rest of the game is just like food kingdoms, um, that sort of thing. Yep. It's all like puns and yeah. uh, just, just cute NPCs. Yeah. Prince Tira, Princess Tiramisu. Yeah. And like, there are debate arguments are too strong, but there are like debates as to whether this counts as a parody game. I don't, I think parody is the wrong word. It's just like a tongue in cheek one of these. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's weird because like, parody is such like a nebulous thing, and so often yes. in video games it's always done in such like a shitty way. Um, I just don't think this game is like pointing its directly at too many, like enough things to count as like a parody. Um, 
Because if this game is a parody, then like Dragon Quest is like half parody <laughs> of itself. Somehow, <laughs> yes, of itself. Somehow, <laughs> um, I just think it's like a fun light adventure game. You know, like whatever. It's it's good. Um, the game itself uh, is top down, like uh, Link's Awakening would be. Um, you go screen to screen. You talk to people. Uh, the text is very similar. Like this is the same engine. When you go into dungeon areas or castles, it is two D. You have a jump. Um, the difference in this game is that you uh, don't actually engage in combat with enemies. When you get when you hit run into enemies, they they create like a cartoon smoke cloud as they tussle, and it's just based on your stats versus their stats, hard checks, and your stats are gated by pickups that you find throughout the story. Which means that there is no optional content in this game. You just play it. You pick up all the things. Uh, you go directly through all of the bosses and. Uh, that's it. Um, this also has a light, like monster world mechanic where you're changing between various forms where you're the prince or you're the frog. Uh, the frog can like eat any bug uh, without combat and can swim underwater and jump uh, really high. And, or you can turn to a snake and the snake can talk to, you know, other snakes and can get through small areas and, uh, bite enemies and turn them into blocks. And you eventually gain the ability to swap between all three pretty regularly and use that to solve pro- uh, puzzles. Yeah, that's the that's the game. That's we the whole it. game. The whole the whole game. So uh, I don't actually know how to talk about this game because um, I mean, some people say might say that this is a good game. It's not. It's a perfect video game. Uh, and so you, there's there's just not a lot of rough edges to like hold on to. The the game is just is in a way that is like remarkable. It's like man, Nintendo when they were on top, they could do fucking anything. Yes. Because yeah. I don't know what I would like change about it. It's so stripped back, um, but it it doesn't feel like it like loses much from that. It's just like the elemental form of Nintendo game in 1992. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting because like this is before Nintendo got into the habit of making a lot of RPGs like experimentally or whatever. Um, but in setting out to make this style of game, like with the way it's gated, I feel like it encompasses like the, the expression of RPG in the way that like half minute hero does. Yes. Where it's just blisteringly fast. Like this is like a five hour game. Probably. I feel like is about what my time was. Um, and it's not particularly difficult. Like there's some tricky puzzle bits and the platforming can be a little weird sometimes towards the end. But, um, like it's mostly just very straightforward. Everyone tells you where to go and you go and you do the thing. And that's how the video game works. Um, It's like a really small world and the breeziness of it really makes like the mechanics, which if this game were longer, like the part where there is no combat and everything's like strictly gated would probably wear, but it's not. So it's, it's incredible. And often the game's at its best when it's not even engaging in its own mechanics, but just throwing like ridiculous scripted sequences at you. Um, this is a very cinematic game for like a Zelda game, right? Like a fake Zelda RPG. Um, like the final battle is like multiple events that you have very little input on. Just a lot of cool shit happening as sprites, uh, you know, interact and the way that we always talk about, it's very good when sprites interact in a video game. Uh, yeah, the 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 whole the way this game comes together at the end is incredible. <laughs> Just like every single plot thread paying off in like a series of jokes uh, that are all funny and good and charming. Um, and it like it works right because the game is just a very short, very condensed like 
series of uh, fun characters with uh, easily graspable situations and problems that will uh, are all built uh, to like pull towards the the payoff. Yeah, it is not a complex video game. No, it's yeah, you're. It's hard to talk about. You are correct because it's like <laughs> I, this game is great. I loved it. It's one of the better games we've uh, we've ever encountered playing video games on this podcast. But it's also just hard to talk about. Like you go to town to town, and you know all the towns have different personalities, and you solve their problems, and um, you know you you fight the final boss, and you beat the video game, and a kingdom is saved, and that's that's the video game. <laughs> it's just that's a it. video game. It's it's great. I loved it. I I <laughs> uh, I just I I like the, like the game knows. That like okay, it's got no combat, so everything is designed around that knowledge. And then like most of the combat areas, eventually, uh, like especially in the top-down stuff, become about avoiding enemies that they've put in the way. So it becomes like a weird, um, almost a, a, like a shmup or something uh, in certain screens. Not not really right, but there's elements of that. Right, you got to get from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen. There's four snakes on here. You got to dodge them all because <laughs> if you yeah. uh, if you hit them, uh, they have more health than you. Uh, yeah, especially it's, a, it's not even like in it's not even like a stealth game. It's more like like almost like a maze game, like a Pac-Man yes. sort of thing, right? Like it's yes. just navigating the spaces as the enemies do their set patterns. Some enemies will come at you, but most of them don't. Most of them are just kind of hanging out, walking left or right. As as all good video game enemies should be. <laughs> um and yeah, so that's a, like the way in which like combat isn't necessarily rewarded. You'll get enemy drops, but they are they're stuff that like you'll probably have a lot of the items that they're dropping. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and so it's just going from story beat to story beat with some light, like block pushing puzzles and platforming. And even that stuff's like not super tricky. Um, yeah. The only like, there's two parts that could maybe cause you difficulty. Uh, I assume we did not fall prey to the first one, which is there are some items that you could conceivably just miss and then be like, where the fuck do I go? Why can't I beat this boss? Because you didn't get one, like, you know, uh, point of power or whatever. Oh right, yeah, yes, that's um, that's fair. If you yeah, if you if you miss any of the upgrades, you can you literally just cannot progress until you find them. So, and the game doesn't like point out to here's the way the one you miss. They are mostly all in the path. I don't know if this has happened to people playing the game. Maybe they're all like actually unmissable, like really obvious. But I would not be surprised if some people played this game and got to a point where they're like, there's not this this game has stopped. There's nothing. There's nowhere I can go. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, it's it's uh, weird because like. I'm the kind of person who, like, when I'm playing, like, Final Fantasy IV, even though I know that there's just a high potion, I'm going to open every goddamn chest in the dungeon. So yes. this was this was not a problem for me. But if you're not that kind of person, uh, yeah, I guess you could find yourself in a little bit of trouble. You can always backtrack and get that stuff, but it, it would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, and like, there's a, there's enough boss gates to, to make sure that, like, I don't think you can lose an item in one dungeon and then not be prepared for the next one. No, I don't think so either. And the gates are hard enough to uh, stop even doing that. There's a few light mechanical bits, like there's that one boss where you have to jump and hit their tail. Uh, the final boss has like a you got to shoot them through like a gap in their rotating, uh, like uh, armor. Um, yeah. So there's like a couple of light. Oh, we needed me- mechanic uh, bits, uh, but it's not really what the game's about. Um, because I, I I love that this game is just confident enough to be like. Pressing A to press attack in most RPGs is a formality in almost every battle. <laughs> is your number bigger than the enemy's number? That's it. That's the question, right? 
and i guess half minute hero is a good pull for this exact kind of like rpg reduction um because there's loads of idle games and other stuff that like plays on this um but that has the similar like it's also using that to to design puzzles element Mm -hmm. um which it, it does so in very different ways in the end uh, but it uh, definitely has like a shared lineage of its ideas. Yep. Um, there's one bit in this game that I think is like, it's the one that maybe is like the most like low key parody actually. Um, and I think it's like the best, one of the best moments in the game. You find these like these layabout construction guys and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I need, I need to dig a thing and you hire them all. And they're like, okay, we'll dig for you, sir, but you need to pay us. And you're like, okay. And the game is from the beginning. Like you start out paying a bunch of money, um, to get to the island, to the island where the game takes place. And you had a bunch of money, but you spent it all. You were just handing it out and then it ran out. You get a little more, you buy a potion and you're being tricked and the potion turns into the frog the first time. And so the game is just constantly berating you for how you spend your money and money ends up being like kind of tight compared to how the game originally presents you as being loaded. Um, and you find these guys like, well, we only work for money. And so they go in there, these tunnels and they dig for you. Like when we dig this st- part, we need to get paid. Um, and they dig a part and you go up there and you find just enough to pay everybody. And you go back down, you pay them and they'll dig some more and you go up and you get just enough to pay them again. And you go down. And then by the end, of course, you find like the big treasure and way more money than they want. And it's good and you're fine. And you're basically in the end game at this point, but it's like a cool reflection of and like a miniaturization of the arc of, um, in Dragon Quest four. There is a story where you play as Tonico, who's like the, the, the shopkeeper. He's just a shopkeeper guy. He opens a shop in the course of his story and he sells goods and he's using that to fund a tunnel to the next continent because there's treasure there. And I'm almost certain that this is just like, we wanted to take the Tonico thing because it's great. He's, it's a classic thing that game came out two years before. Dragon Quest 4 is very popular in Japan and just supplanted it in here. But the way it's like this, the prince finally makes good on like hiring people and like, his team of rowdy boys digging this tunnel is like, has such character that dragon quest doesn't have in this, in this way. Like there's mm-hmm. just a, a certain, like, I don't like the, the, the prince, the sable prince is like, to me, like a, like a, um, like a Kunio Kun character. He's just like a rowdy guy, right? Like he's, he's there with like his like boncho hair, uh, trying to be a prince, but he's actually just like a guy who's going to slug it out with anyone he sees. And I really like that sort of stuff in in this story. Like he's the kind of guy who doesn't know what wasabi is, but he's going to eat it with the professor guy uh, because the professor guy loves wasabi. He's got to go find the right type of wasabi. Yeah, you can't do that fake shit. You have to go and actually get the root. Um, I did not read him as having bancho hair because <laughs> I I saw the the art first and I was like, oh, he's just like a cute protagonist guy. Yeah, the way his sprite specifically looks, it just reminds me of like Kunio Kun guys. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get it. Especially because, like, the other, like, Richards does he's have. He's like super, like, swoop. <laughs> he's got a ridiculous swoop. Yeah. Whereas you just seem like like generic tough guy to me. Um, I think that's a better lens than just the, like, he's protagonist. Yeah, I really hate the official art of this character. <laughs> I like my read on it way better. Uh, but it is, it, it is yeah. nice the way in which is, this is a game about like uh, a, a guy who sucks just kind of like through the course of the game becoming the guy he was supposed to be at the start. Like it's like a really small like fairy tale sort of like story arc that is good in a world where RPGs are always like, you know, save the world sort of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just the most like it's stock, right? But in, not in a bad way. Uh, yeah. 
it is a stock story about two friends you know you've got your like shonen rivalry there but because it's not a game about like fighting stuff it can fill that stuff with character and then when it does come to fight stuff you can um it does the thing that a lot of like you know anime with the same like rival format do that is harder to do in games because you have to fight like num fights with numbers in there this is how it works like you know the end of the game is just a series of payoffs about how cool the two of them are yeah um <laughs> well, there's, so you get to the end of the game and you're fighting a giant snake monster or whatever that's the whole thing he's turned everyone's being turned into frogs to feed the giant snake monster and you're fighting this thing and richard comes in and he's like, my army's ready. And he orders his army. His men have all like followed him the entire game in. And it's just this parade of frogs that run into the snake's mouth and get eaten. <laughs> As you stand by, like you, you accomplish nothing, my dude. And then Richard gets eaten. And then you, you use uh, like the, the fake Nintendo professor who loves wasabi gave you a, a flute and you play the flute and a fake Mazinger Z comes in and beats the boss for you. Basically. It is just and it's incredible. Z. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like cinematic in the way that like, when we say cinematic games, like everyone thinks of like camera angles and steady cams and like long shots or whatever. But like this, like just good scripting of like top down sprites interacting in this way where you can feel the like adventure tales are pulling from is like what makes games cinematic to me. Like this, this appeals to me more than like a cutscene, like a big flashy cutscene does. And it always has. The, the cinematic thing for this stuff specifically, and like when it's especially when it's like pulling from like broad anime tropes like this, mm. is like, um, and it does this with the music, but like, you know, you can feel when this like the shortcut, the like hero music plays and then the cool thing happens. Yes. Uh, and the, the ending of this is all that. Um, yeah. Because then they like, they team up, uh, they like do the attack together and you do the final attack and then uh, it's all like, they're technically all having a like rivalry over the girl and then richard's like whatever <laughs> uh and then it end like it ends back where it started with them dueling just in, like they're all they're just fighting each other having their like friendly duel at the end you're like yeah of course it does of course it ends that way because how could you do anything else yep yeah i don't know how much more i have to say about this but it's an incredible game yeah, if you've not played it, uh, you should you should really play it. Like the music's yeah. amazing, uh, yep. it's charming constantly. Um, there's, you know, I was never bored. Uh, I, if there's if there's only like the only complaints are like sometimes it can be annoying uh, in some of the instant death bits to go back to the checkpoints because there's not that many checkpoints, and yeah. um, so like going back through two thirds of a dungeon to get to the one jump you missed, uh, you know, it can be frustrating. But if you've got safe states on there, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Yep. It's only a problem for me playing on an actual Game Boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an incredible game. I'm happy I played it. I didn't even know it existed when uh, Richard Assets played this. I was like, what is that? <laughs> never. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, like, on some level, I'd, like, seen the characters in Smash or whatever, but I had never thought about it. There's a lot of, like, like games like that, that Japan-only Nintendo games from back in the day that I have not gone back to. It's truly excellent. Nintendo in the 90s could do anything. They were on top of the world. Yeah. Ridiculous sure stuff. Uh, this is like... When, when is this film? 92. That's like a year after Link of the Past and two years after Mario World, right? Mario World is 90, Link of the Past 91. Am I right on that? I thought Mario World was 91 and Link to the Past is 93. Nope, 90 for... Okay. You might be right. 
Link to the Past, I could sworn it was 98. Uh, oh, yeah, 91, 92 in uh, America. Oh, yeah, I wasn't there, so I literally only remember what's like on Wikipedia. Yep, yep, yep. It's my, my uh, pull for these, but I am weirdly good at remembering dates. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because yeah. it's the same year. That means years. my like, mental construction of when I got a Super Nintendo is off by a year. I thought it was my eighth birthday. It was must have been my seventh because I got it. I got Link to the Past and my SNES in in October after it had come out. And that would have been mm-hmm. 92, not 93. I always thought it was 93 for some reason. Yep. A year before I was born. Oh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> let's talk about when Nintendo could do anything. And they decided to take their uh, second most famous franchise into 3D.
our second game club this month is Pilot Wing 64. <laughs> Star Fox 3D. Uh, we're here to talk about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's been a long time. I've been trying to get Jax to play this game for five goddamn years. I, I Yeah, we always were like, we can't do this as a... Uh, look, there's a history here. I'm never letting you do this again. Never let me agree to anything, like, with a vague deadline. It has to either be now or just assume it's not happening. I can only work on month-long installments <laughs> of time because otherwise things sit undone for literally half a... No, almost... A, it's You've always been wanting me to play Ocarina of Time. I mean, it was only after you played Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 and Link to the Past and Link's Awakening that I was like, oh, next you go to Ocarina. And then you, I did. you didn't. I did. No, I did. Because I got all the way as far as um, right before the Forest Temple. And then just kind of like, I got stuck around the graveyard. You got one third of the way through the video game. <laughs> <laughs> the game's so fucking long. Um. Uh, so... Link to the Past Ocarina, or, sorry, Link the Legend of Zelda, <laughs> the Ocarina of Time. Uh, I'm very tired today. We're not going to talk about it. I'm doing all right, but I'm tired. And sometimes I flub. No, I'm, I'm leaving it in. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is a game by Nintendo. This is uh, came out in 1998 for the N64. I played the 3DS version. Jackson, you played the 3DS version, right? I did. Uh, that version was released in 2011. Um, it's hard for me to talk about Ocarina of Time because it's in many ways to me like still the biggest game to ever exist. <laughs> One of our friends described it as like having an opinion on gravity. Yes. <laughs> Which is fair enough. I've I mean I played it, you know, a few years ago tried and I've, I've made various attempts at getting through Ocarina of Time. Uh, but I had never played it. I didn't play it as a kid. I have no context for it. And worse than that, I have played Link's Awakening three times. So the Nintendo 64 came out. Obviously, Nintendo was moving to 3D. They had this very boutique console that they built entirely to make this style of it, like Mario style game. It was very different than like PlayStation, which was like the de facto architecture that everyone was using. Um, and they threw all of the resources after Mario was done to getting Zelda into 3D. Um, there, you can look up Tons of information on beta versions of this game. It was originally a 64DD game, uh, which was the disk drive thing that almost, that came out briefly in Japan, but um, was never particularly well supported. Um, they decided to move it to, uh, you know, a cartridge. This game had five directors. It's a 32 megabit cart. Also, all the facts about Ocarina of Time. The thing that matters is me, huge Zelda fan, going to a kiosk, like tracking down a kiosk through information secondhand, because there was no internet in 98, not that I was in interfacing with it anyway, uh, to find and play the demo for this video game and just lose my goddamn mind at the opening. Uh, Navi flying through like the gate and waking up Link and going through the Kakiri Forest and shit. Um uh, my memory, my enduring memory of Ocarina of Time is like when Nintendo Power had to retire their rankings of 64 games because it just stayed at the top as once it came out. <laughs> it was just Ocarina of Time. I mean, it's like the highest reviewed game of all time. Um, yeah. Every, a masterpiece. Everyone loves it. And um, yeah. I, I've, I've probably played this game like all the way through, like probably like seven or eight times easily. Maybe more than that, honestly. Um and like I played it a bunch as a kid. I've played the 3DS version through three times now. <laughs> yeah. You played a um, Master Quest this time. 
Yeah, I played on Master Quest this time. We'll talk about that. It's so hard to talk about because I still... I still know the game that this was in 1998. I remember like how big Hyrule Field felt and how scary parts of it were to me as like a kid. Like I was only, I was only 13 when this game came out. Like, you know, when night fell, there's a bunch of skeletons. You go into the shadow temple. Like I hadn't played resident evil. I didn't have a PlayStation. Like I maybe was playing PlayStation. I was playing final fantasy seven in 98 for the first time, but I wasn't playing like the spooky games. Like this game was uh, emotional and cinematic and left a profound impact on me that's really hard to express when every video <laughs> game stole every part of this game out of it yeah <laughs> that's like, true like when we talk about mario 64 and we advocate for it a lot um and you do too you really like that game yes because no, I, it's so yes. singular because no one makes mario 64 games <laughs> nintendo's tried a couple times have never really got it as good as they did the first time but everyone's made zelda <laughs> Yeah, and there's, like, to the point where, like, to be called a Zelda clone, you have to go as far as fucking Darkstalk. Not Darkstalk, because... Dark, I play Darkstalk as Zelda, though. Has to go as far as uh, Darksiders, right? And, like, literally have one-to-one points of every mechanic. Because otherwise, basically everything that you could broadly call an action-adventure game would be a Zelda clone. Yeah. It is the doom of these kind of games. Yeah. Like, just the, like, the way in which you navigate the space and, like, target enemies and, like, it turns into strafing around them. Like, every 3D game just stole this all wholesale. Nintendo, like, Metroid Prime stole a lot of the mechanics out of this game in terms of how that game moves. (laughs) It's a better game. It is, but... (laughs) So here we come, we come to the issue here, which is I didn't have a good time playing Ocarina of Time, but also, I think the Ocarina of Time haters... Are kind of obnoxious so i am stuck in a double bind <laughs> um this yeah it's it's hard because like as someone who grew up like a huge nintendo fan and like these days i, I try not to like be that person because nintendo fans have a a specter about them when in in the world of online where like you you won you have everything what do you want from anyone yes <laughs> shut the hell up <laughs> Your company still makes all of the games you want, like not as often as you want, but they still do it. You are the most catered to people on earth. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I it's just it's like I'm not interested in like being being that person. But also, when I think back to 13 year old me, like people who say this game is like overrated, I I just want to fight them. <laughs> it's it's strange, be- specifically because I played mario 64 a couple years ago and that was my first time playing mario 64 outside of like messing about on project 64 as a teenager and getting like a couple levels in mm-hmm. but that's not the same thing right like i played mario 64 a few years ago like for real and i thought it was masterpiece i fucking love that game anyone who you know occasionally get into fights with our friends who are like oh whatever overrated bullshit which and then we become like oh how dare you disrespect mario 64 i literally i literally, <laughs> I literally become a like a angry gamer when people do this i just i just revert to like the worst person i, just, I don't like, like that like, about me but you just keep it's just the best video game you can't fucking do this i'm just like bitten by a radioactive game facts <laughs> yes. i'm like what do you mean it's mario fucking 64 well, let's be real game facts is gonna vote for zelda every time <laughs> that's true okay so mario 64 is better than zelda ocarina of time this is just a fact yeah no no, no. i i agree with you um okay. it's, <laughs> but- <laughs> it, i just have a hard time because this like playing through this game again like i played through this after breath of wild came out i played through this majora's mask that was the last time i touched it and i remember being like yeah ocarina of time you know i i see why like people fall off this this time playing it like thinking about it i'm like 
this game's still really good. I still enjoy a lot of it. So the, the problem with the context that I have, and this is the lens that a lot... So this is why it's annoying, right? So a lot of the things that the Ocarina of Time dislikers say will be this exact thing, which is moving Zelda to 3D makes it too slow and too laborious, and every like dungeon has like too formulaic a design, and etc, etc, etc. But like there's four more of these games that do take the that track so much further that complaint you know i haven't played them yet so i don't know i don't know how bad it can get i know that somehow skyward sword is over twice as long as this game i think that's impossible uh they added way more cutscenes and the crafting elements and the cutscenes in ocarina of time the world is way bigger no no (laughs) oh Okay, that's the wrong. A lot of the scenes are really evocative and cool. Uh, the story is bad. The story is bad. Every time someone wants to tell you about the three goddesses, like, creating the land of Hyrule, and then they left and formed the Triforce Ball, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm falling asleep. When Saria gives you her ocarina and you leave the forest, it's, like, one of the best cutscenes in video games. Yes, no, that stuff's cool. Like, the, the bit where you, specifically the bit where you reach the opening cutscene of the game in real life, and you're like, holy fuck, it's the opening of the game! Like, yes. that stuff's cool. Whenever there's, like, even just incidental, just, like, reveal shots of the dungeons and the areas like the panning shot of the statue <laughs> uh, oh in like the desert colossus stuff yes yeah. yes that one's really cool <laughs> uh like so yes i the the, the atmosphere of the cutscenes are really really cool um i did not mean to imply i was uh, coming down on that but i do think the story it's telling is uh actively very bad <laughs> um, it's weird because like at the time like you know I, like, this is the same year Metal Gear came out, but I wasn't playing Metal Gear 98. I played Metal yes. Gear, like, two years later, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so if you if you hold this up to Metal Gear Solid, you're like, yeah, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> I mean, that's actually not my problem. I, I think I know, the I know. Where, but, yes. like, at the time, like, there was no framework for telling. Like, you've played Mario 64. There's no story in that game. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is literally a, <laughs> and this is why I am an obnoxious child of a different generation, even though we're both technically millennials, because uh, this is our Halo conversation flipped somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> just because I didn't come to it, right? Like, th- yes, yeah, it's yeah. very weird. Yes. Sometimes you're a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so to me, like all these characters are like, even though I think you're right about the story often being bad. I think that like many of the characters, like even incidental characters are very memorable. Part of that is because they all come back in Majora's Mask. Like this, that's a game that reuses this entire cast and gives them all new contexts. Okay. Um, that's good. Cause I'm not super into the cast. I mean, no, some but, of like, them, but yeah. it's like, it's literally like they use the models and they're entirely different characters, right? Like oh, it's a okay, whole cool. different thing, but like, you know, like the, the bean guy, uh, I, I care about that guy cause I've seen him in another thing. You know, I'd like yeah. very, like the dancing couple in the middle of Hyrule town gets like a whole story thing about them and, and like a mini game in the, in the next game. <laughs> oh, okay. Man, I should, I guess I know why everyone's telling me to play Majora's Mask for the yes. last decade. It's just, a, it's just a very different thing. Um, but also like, Every time we play this game, and people talk about this about Majora's also, I feel like there's like this like interesting like understanding because they're in many ways remaking Link to the Past. We're assuming that you know the plot of Ocarina of Time. We're not going to summarize the plot of this. <laughs> Yo, so, no, we should actually because okay. um, this is not something I learned this time. But in in 2017, when I first played it, I didn't know about the mechanics of how link travels i didn't know it was like he was cocooned 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll briefly summarize the story then. Um, Link uh, is contacted. He gets he gets a fairy. Uh, all the kids in the forest get fairies, and the fairy takes him to the Great Decatree, and the Great Decatree sends him on this quest to find the three spiritual stones, uh, revealing that he needs to go and contact Princess Zelda uh, because he's not a Kokiri. He's actually highly energized. He's not a magical Peter Pan fairy child, but is a, just a, a, a human, uh, like the Zelda version of humans, whatever. And uh, he meets Zelda, and Zelda tells him about Ganondorf, um, who, you know, if you played Link to the Past, you know that Ganondorf turns into Ganon at some point. He was a great thief, Ganondorf. Uh, cause they mentioned him in like the thieves, uh, building in Kakiri, uh, no, not Kakiri, uh, Kakariko village in Link to the Past. Anyway, um, and he's like the advisor of the king and Zelda doesn't trust him because he's an evil, dark Arab man. <laughs> this game's turbo racist. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. on another level. Uh, this, this is the, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it whatever for now, but like, this is the thing that never falls out of Zelda. Uh, the, the, uh, Gerudo are always like weird, evil Middle Eastern thieves and spies. The Gorons are also always vaguely like blackface characters. It's, it's yeah. bad. <laughs> it's yeah. Okay. But yes. So let's just yes. finish the summary. Yes, never, that's never leaving Zelda again. That's just in the franchise forever now. Um, anyway, uh, so she's, she wants you to help, uh, find the three spiritual stones and you do that. And turns out the Ganondorf has found out about Zelda like scheming and is trying to chase her out of the, the Hyrule castle. She throws you Docker in time. You learn the song of time. You go to the temple of time where she was like, Oh, we'll find like, she, she wants you to find the master sword, right? Cause it'll help you defeat Ganondorf. She wants you to do that, but she also wants you to open the sacred realm because, right. uh, cause, cause, uh, he wants because Ganondorf wants to get into the sacred realm because all the there's mechanics between the sacred realm and the there's a lot of lore. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of lore. None of this matters. So you pull out the sword, and turns out Ganondorf was waiting for you to do that, and he uses this as a way to get into the sacred realm. Um, and you wake up seven years later because uh, one of the sages uh, who protect the sacred realm, the Sage of Light, is decided that you weren't ready because you were just a fucking kid. You were like <laughs> 10 years old. And a 10-year-old can't be Ganon. Sorry, kid. Or Ganondorf, whatever. And uh, now you're 17 and you're ready to go out into the world and f- fuck up Ganondorf. And you're not really told if you've like found the Triforce or whatever. It's seemingly not because he's still here. The world hasn't ended completely, but you leave and everything's fucked. Like The world is devastated. Hyrule Castle, like a bomb went off. There's a bunch of horrible zombies zombies that are still creepy hanging around it sucks there then you turn right and you go to kakariki village and <laughs> you go to kakariki village where everyone left who survived hyrule town getting destroyed and that place is like fine or whatever and you go through all the places that you went to as a kid and a couple no more and you gather all the all your pe- all the friends you knew were sages uh and uh you know you're like where's zelda and there's this new boy chic following you around teaching you where's zelda where's zelda um this was a reveal no it wasn't I was 13. You'd seen a movie. Eh. No, I was surprised by this as a kid. No, no, no way. I was going to come on here and say there's no way that a child would be surprised by the Sheik reveal. I mean, I wasn't like flabbergasted, but I wasn't really, I, you know, there's a new character. <sighs> sure. <laughs> anyway, um, you gather all the stuff and you go and you fight Ganon and then you, you, you save the day and you can put the pedestal, you put the sword back in the pedestal. If you want to be a kid again, you have to do that, solve some puzzles. And uh, then Zelda's like, thank you, Link, but I need to send you back to being a kid again. Thus splitting the Zelda timeline into three forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't care about that. No, um, but it's really funny. I, um, I actually really like that specific bit. I like that Link becomes a kid again at the end. Like, yes. there's a lot of stuff I don't like about the story. Mostly the part where it's just like all racism at all times and i don't just mean like the obvious stuff about ganon it goes deeper than that it's like you are the rightful born aryan hero who will unite the races from the like sin that has corrupted the bloodlines uh through ganon's control uh it's 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 a lot i'm goddamn like all the way uh but i do think um the stuff that is good is like uh the just evocative childhood adventure stuff with uh young link and zelda Yes. And so going back to that at the end um, is good. I think, I think it's cool. I think it's a uh, bit of sweet and good. Yeah. Um, and Zelda sends you back, right? The, the important thing there is that, like, th- according to, like, the way the game posits it and also according to the rest of the lore of Zelda going forward, uh, the, the world in which Ganon, like, corrupted all of Hyrule or whatever and adult Zelda and adult Link defeated him still exists. It doesn't seal off. It's not like you prevent that timeline from existing. Um but you go back, and then uh, Navi leaves you, and that's important because it's set up to Majora's Mask or whatever. So, in the child timeline... So, I thought that, the, that there was, like, a dark end situation. It's not. There's just two timelines left behind. There are three timelines. Okay, yes. There's three... There are somehow three... T- Wait, so everyone, the- everyone thought there were two until Nintendo put out their timeline, and they were like, oh, oh, oh there's three. <laughs> Let's see Paul Allen's timeline. <laughs> um, it's basically what fucking happened there. Right, because, okay, so yes, everyone assumed the thing that I just assumed now, which is, oh, I guess there's one following from both sides of the ending. Uh, yes. But then there's... Within that, there's the Zel- like Ganon wins and is defeated, right? Uh, okay, so at Ocarina of Time, there's three... Uh, yes. there is, uh, the, the way the story goes, where Ganon sealed away by adult Link and adult Zelda, right? Yes. Then there is, uh, the, like a presumed child timeline where Link and Zelda just stop Ganondorf because he comes back in time. This is the one implied by the final cutscene where he meets her and he knows all this stuff and just tells her about it. Because I was going to say, like, how does this mean for, like, did they erase Gandalf? What do they do about the Gandalf that exists in this time? And, okay, so then that's its own timeline. <laughs> yes. And then there's one where um, when Link pulled the sword out of the pedestal and got sealed away, um, that kid timeline kept going, but Link never returned. That didn't happen. That just didn't happen. You made a timeline up, Nintendo. That, put it is, in your book. that, is, that is the timeline where Link to the Past takes place in. That didn't happen! No! You're telling because, me that this wasn't a prequel the, to the Link story, to the Past? The story of Link to the Past is that once upon a time, Ganon got the Triforce and waged war and the Seven Sages sealed him away forever. That's the opening cutscene of Link to the Past. But that's what happens at the end of Ocarina of Time. Um, but they did it by sealing him into the, yeah, I don't know. It's complicated and messy. No one cares. The Zelda timelines for weirdos. I'm just yes, telling no. you what is in the entire story here. <laughs> Sorry. I got you going on about this and you're like, wait a second. I don't this care is about this. this. <laughs> Cause that was my other reaction to this is like the foundations of this timeline shit and like what everyone represents are so based on things I find thematically abhorrent and so like you know un- unwilling to dive into the interesting stuff which like the interesting stuff i found in like the wider things is the idea of link ganon and um zelda as like being all three of them needing for the triforce to exist 
Yes. Uh, that stuff, I think, is genuinely... like They could do something with that. This game's not interested. I assume they do in at some point in Skyward Sword. I think that's what that game's mm-hmm. about. Yeah, the thing the thing that happens in when when Ganondorf goes into the Sacred Realm is that the Triforce because uh, because Ganondorf's not pure of heart enough. I don't understand, and it feels like it contradicts the plot of actual Link to the Past or whatever. Because Ganondorf just had the Triforce at the end of that in that game, or whatever. Yeah, um, is um, is the Triforce split into three, and one was imbued in Link, and one was imbued in Zelda, one was imbued in Ganondorf. And that links them all like karmically forever yes. where they're just going to be stuck. And Ganondorf at the end of the game sealed into the sacred realm, whatever is like, I curse you forever. I'll be back. And the implication is that there is one Ganondorf who has been existing through all of Zelda. Yes. He says, I'll fight your descendants. It's always yes. the same Ganondorf fated to get owned by a different link. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yes, and a different yeah. Zelda. Yeah. And I know that like, Zelda has a different tone to Mario, but they insist on doing this, like, you know, weird racist stuff when that is almost Bowser, right? Because it's the same story. There's just the guy who comes out to get owned by the hero every time. And most other series play into that with, like, you know, a comedy of the fun villain that everyone likes. There's um, there's really interesting stuff about this in future Zelda games okay. if you continue playing. I will continue some of them. I don't think I'll... I want to play Majora's Mask. If I like that, I might play Wind Waker. I might just skip to Breath of the Wild and then go back. Well, I will, I will say the interesting stuff you want is in Wind Waker. Oh, in that case, then I'll play Wind Waker. Yes. Um, as much as I don't, like, replaying this, I'm like, man, Wind Waker's not all that good. I don't like the, the game structure. I think the, Zelda, the dungeon, there aren't enough dungeons that are too easy, whatever. But that game is concerned with the actual stuff that you find interesting about the plot of this game. I I say find interesting. I mean, that is, if there is yeah, stuff yeah. to hold on to, that is it. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to choose to focus on Zelda plot, I'd focus on that stuff. Um, but, I, you know, it's whatever. It is It is plot that is there. The, the thing that I love most in the story is that, so, well established the issues with, like, the theme and tone of, um, like, the thing that's saying about Ganondorf. But they, they build him up. All he does is be evil at you. Uh, all they do is, like, say super racist stuff about the Gerudo, and you go this quest, you do this whole quest, you get everyone together you unite the sages you assault the castle and then you walk in and he's fucking playing on an organ like he's dracula it's the coolest shit in the world it is the coolest shit in the world <laughs> like, God, like oh he's so evil and then he walks in like how can i not stand this guy look at him <laughs> yep and then and then when you're done fighting him he like destroys the castle his dying breath you and Zelda run down, and then he, like, on the wreckage of the castle that's collapsed, he emerges out, and you have to fight him again, and it's sick as hell. That final battle is awesome. So cool. Like, it's funny that the game is trying to, like, say the things it's saying uh, about, like, giving very racist traditional ideas of, like, storytelling and the hero's journey and stuff. It ends up just booking the villain so strong. <laughs> yes. He's so cool at the end of that game. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing replaying this game, and it's it's always the thing that struck me, and it's like a thing that future games carry forward, and even Link's Awakening had a bunch of this, is like in many ways this is a game about like the sad reality of growing up in, in yes. like the cutscenes and the way the characters act and stuff, like the way like Sari reacts to you and the way like Rudo greets you te- seven years later, and the way that like Zelda, like, there's many reads that could be given, and it's kind of outside the scope of what we do here, about, like, Sheik as, like, a masculine guy is given to Zelda, and, like, Link also had to literally man up by aging mm-hmm. seven years to fight Ganon, um, and the way in which all those characters, like, regret that they had to go through this thing uh, to save the day, um, that's sort of, like, 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 
pervasive like re- like bittersweet regret over everything is like one of the things i find most striking about this game yes absolutely i think one of the best um like ways they handle that is uh the way they reveal that you're a hillian which um i think the the like actual plot point is dumb uh but i do love that like it tells you that after you meet um the like you know the other forest people when you come back and they haven't aged yes and you go wait hang on what and it doesn't it doesn't draw attention to this until later and then sheik shows up and goes you must be thinking why you haven't you aged well that's because you're a hillian and then it gives you a whole <laughs> flashback situation again um i don't think it's sheik that does that it's the fucking deku sprout that or deku oh, tree sprout right. that bursts out of the ground <laughs> this fucking onion with a face <laughs> man because Sheik's always showing up to give you the um the songs, you know, the, the songs, songs to be like, yes. hey, we put a fast travel in. A little too late, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, I do. Every cutscene where she gives you a song is the sickest thing in the world, though. They do have to come up with five ways for her to exit the scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The one, the one where she, uh, after the water temple, or, or we're in like Kyle, where she's on the tree, and you see her dive off yes! screen, and Link's not looking. Normally, she just disappears, and yes. Link does the like Batman. So that's what that feels like uh, yes. situation. But there is one where they show her dive. It's pretty good. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff is like really good. Um. Yeah. They give you fast travel way too late. You're right. Um. Uh, but um yeah that stuff is like really interesting in the way in which it like interacts with the idea of like zelda like miyamoto made zelda as a story about collecting bugs in caves when he was a kid and Mm. it became the the you know blades will bleed shields will shatter franchise (laughs) and like that friction is in is in this game and is kind of like the thematic content in this game but they because it's a fucking nintendo game they don't ever spend time talking about it no but i do think it's like handled like you know that stuff is handled relatively well uh it is the like emotional part of the actual ending of the game i'll give it compared to like what lip service nintendo plays to like ideas in some of the more sanitized like later you know i'm just basically talking about mario here but just like the way modern nintendo has gone with some of these ideas right yeah uh, i'll take it that's content that's thematic content right there that's fair i mean it also you does this by trading in like anime tropes of like uh naboru and rudo are both like way too flirty with a like a link who is like nebulously non-consenting to all of it and the great fairies also are like this the fairies are weird the fairies are so weird because it's not just their designs but their laughs are like shrieking and i'm like are we is this meant to be creepy because like i can't tell i can't tell how much of it is meant to be like otherworldly and creepy to to a child link yeah it's weird because like the stuff with rudo definitely reads as like like Link's obviously like not a communicative character. Like he's totally a silent character. It's not even the Breath of the Wild. Like you get options and they're like sassy or whatever. He literally just doesn't talk. But the way he reacts to Rudo often is like with a sort of like trepidation of her advances towards him. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's really weird because the Rudo stuff is, I guess, the closest to being okay because she is at least your age at the start. Sure. Uh, like but she like the game the game is nebulous about the fact that link is not like adult link is not an adult right like he is he's link who's been asleep for seven years right and it makes yeah. it weird it adds like it a makes weird it really friction weird. to the world because everyone else is like ah, oh, seven years you've it's yeah i mean this stuff's bad but the thing with the rudo thing is actually like um it is this 
But the thing I was also thinking about, like, it comes shortly after the scene uh, with the Gorons, where he, like, you know, after the Dongo's cavern, you get that scene where the Gorons come out and, like, basically try to say thanks, and Link also runs away scared. Yes, yes. So it comes as, like, the, the weird flirting stuff is uncomfortable in its own way, but it's also, like, the way the game expresses comedy is by having Link be uncomfortable with all the other cultures and races. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, guys i mean he also it's weird because he also runs away from saria in the forest right like she in the ocarina and he backs he like backs up like three steps and then turns and runs away yes it's like one of the like to me it's like one of the most important animations in games i think about it a lot because i think it's like really good in a way that like like you watch some of the 64 version of this game there's not a like a ton of animation in that game in the same way that the 3ds version has but that scene is him doing that he backs up and turns like you know they mocap the fucking scene this way Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's just interesting like the way Link is depicted has a, like a weird characterization for how little there is yeah that makes sense because um, otherwise, was... otherwise he's just like at the the final cutscene of the game is literally him like staring dumbly at Zelda while she explains everything and sends him back to his childhood <laughs> yeah the it definitely comes across the classic friction of silent character that we mm-hmm. want to give more emotion to like the player watching it it's hard in a lot of games um i all my favorite games have defined characters so i'm like biased i'm always like oh let's just make him talk but then you have to like make you have to make him a character he has to have a point of view uh and i nintendo are never gonna do that for link he just isn't right meant to be that uh yeah so i, I, I don't know how you weird. do this yeah i, I have no idea yeah i would have just fucking like made link an actual character but you know they'd just make him a shonen guy it'd be boring yeah, they give so, him more character in future games, like as he like lear- like as the game technology allows them to emote with him. Mm-hmm. Like Wind Waker, Link has like way more emotions on his face, but he's still like a total cipher. It's weird. Like none of that. They just do the thing where like because the characters are cipher, they have like characters flirt at you that's meant to be like encouraging for just like the player that they think's a guy, right? Just classic yeah. video game design stuff. And I'm like, I, I mostly enjoying the weird like bittersweet lost childhood tone here. I don't need to be <laughs> flattered by these video game characters about yeah. how hot I am when I'm playing a you know, ten year old in the mind of a seventeen year old. Yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah. As someone who played this like in between the two ages, like for the first time, in between yes. the two ages of Link, it was always weird to me. It's like these characters like I was like you know, Link doesn't want to get married. <laughs> no. That works um, out for him. She has to be a sage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. She's going to live in the temple for the rest of her life. I was unclear as to how dead the sages were. Um, it's it's nebulous, right? Because, like, Link to the Past has the seven sages, but they're all generic Hylian princesses, right? And they're, like, yes. they were the descendants of the sages. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> how does that work? But then the thing is, specifically, I was going through, like, yeah, sages, yeah, sorry. But then you go to the fucking um, volcano, and the volcano erupts and then the other guy's like hey i'm the i'm the sage yeah he's a sage volcano erupting clears the sky right up yeah it's fine everything's fine now we'll put it back (laughs) (laughs) so good yeah you can unfreeze uh like you know the lake uh and you can uh clear up the skies but you can't do anything about hyrule castle town it's just fucked well it is what it is. Everyone left and moved to Kakarika Village, I guess. Well, like they have the thing later in the game where Kakarika Village, you come in, it's burning. 
Yes. And that's a really cool cutscene. But I do think that, like, how evocative it is when you step out the Temple of Time. It's like one of the most famous scenes in video games, right? Like, step out the Temple of Time, the whole thing's barren, there's no music, there's, like, zombies in the town. Literally, everyone and their dad has cited this scene as, like, super important and evocative. But the part where you then turn left and then you go to Kakarika Village and it's fine is, like, what is happening? I think that's one of the parts where uh, the like friction between world design in 2d and 3d suddenly breaks down because you no longer have the abstraction of hyrule field as an overworld (laughs) that separates places that are representative of parts of an actual place and it's still designed like that but it's the same model it's the same animation you are walking that exact amount of steps and there's kakariko village yeah yeah yeah, I don't know how to solve for that. It's just the reality of the game. Right? Uh, you make the one of the biggest open worlds and put shit in it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you buy Monolith. Yeah, fair enough. That's <laughs> how you solve this. Yeah, there's not like two world states in Breath of the Wild, though. There's just the That's world. a bummer. I feel, I, I understand that it's actually only a few Zelda games, but Link to the Past and uh, this game both having this definitely cements the idea of the two world states as a core Zelda idea, but even though it's only in some of them, I know it's not. I mean, you're going to play Twilight Princess and be like, man, I don't want two world states ever again, actually. (laughs) Actually, what I'm going to do is play Metro Prime 2 Echoes. And you're going to be like, man, two world states is sick. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's 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 a strange thing. It's it's hard for, for me to talk about because I'm just like, yeah, all the things that I like, and um, <laughs> and we sidestepped it by mostly talking about the story. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the dungeons. Yes. I this game is I played the Master Quest version for the first time here, um, and that's a really weird experience that I, I'll talk about briefly after we talk about it. But like the move to 3D for me has always been a curious thing. Where like. I wish the dungeons were more 3D. <laughs> and yeah. th- this happened, I think Majora's Mask has really, like, two of the dungeons Majora's Mask I think are incredible. We use the 3D. They're my favorite 3D Zelda dungeons. Um, this game doesn't have any of that. There's, like, one twisty hallway in the forest temple, and the water temple has, like, three levels, and people complained about it for 25 goddamn years. It's not that hard. <laughs> now, so, here, I really like the water temple. <laughs> yes, it was my favorite at the time in this game. It's still my favorite temple. <laughs> because, like... The Water Temple was the one that felt most like a Zelda dungeon. Yes. <laughs> and I've only played, you know, three Zelda games. I haven't played as much. Uh, I've, you know, messed about with Zelda 2, but I've played all the way through Zelda 1, uh, Link of the Past, and Link's, uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. And I get to the Water Temple, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, moving levels up and down. I go through the. And, like, by having more stuff to do um, yes. and more options, it makes the bits where you get stuck way less infuriating. One of the most infuriating parts of this game was when I got stuck in Jabba Jabba's belly and. I was like, I had, I was stuck for like half an hour. Intolerable, like absolutely awful. And it was because I had figured out what to do, right? So I, I get, um, oh, what's her name again? I just Rudo. what we just talked about, Rudo. Yeah, I get Rudo, pick her up. I find the the you know by the throat. There's the things that like you you have to hold this down. You can't do this. You can't push this down on your own. So you're like, okay, I need to bring Rudo here. Uh, Rudo's fallen down. How do I get her back up? Well, I should probably take her to the the lift on the in the back. Okay. But then I couldn't get her over the... I didn't, I didn't realize what I had to do was jump in to the water and then throw her up. I kept, like, putting her on the water-raising thing in the middle and then was like, oh, I, I guess I, I guess she immediately goes back. So I didn't realize that that room wasn't even a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was stuck on this like one room of like I'd figured out the puzzle, but the the confusion of the 3D world design and the fact that when you look at a Zelda room in 2D, the whole room and every single thing about it and everything you can interact with and every enemy you can fight and all of their relations to you are all on the screen at one time yes. or at most a single scroll away, right? Like all of that information is just immediately accessible and 3D fundamentally changes that. that and it true. allows for situations where you can get stuck in that way that just didn't exist before. Yep. Also, Jabba Jabba's Billy fucking sucks. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. always sucked. It's not a good dungeon. It's annoying. I Like, Rudo... Like a lot of people cite Rudo as the problem is she's like yelling at you. It's not that. It's it's fucking no. box puzzles and everything's gross and like it's bad. Monstro also sucks in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it sucks um, when you go inside a whale. Yes, the Water Temple. Um, people complained about the time because the the like the signage isn't there, like the glowy lights and the like sign that says this is yes. water level one, two, and three. Yes, also, fine. you had to open up the menu and like switch to iron boots every time. It was not a button item. It yes. was like, you had to equip it. Those are the two reasons people really didn't like that dungeon. I looked Back up at that and was like, damn. But then I also see like the like intensity of complaints around that. When I was far more bored by the more simple dungeons that just seemed to go on forever. Yeah. Uh, like the dungeons are not very complicated because they've like switched to 3D. So they've had to like pair stuff back. And a lot of the puzzles mm-hmm. are much more single room based. Yes. Um, and like yes. the interlocking like doors and key the keys you know outside of the water temple i didn't feel like oh the doors and keys right yeah um, it's in- i do like uh i do like the way in which like the kid dungeons don't have keys and when you become an adult small like small keys exist it is cool because you're like holy shit zelda <laughs> yeah um that's what zelda's about but it doesn't like introduce the mechanics of like okay there's i have three keys there's two doors i take this door it leads to this thing and then like the interconnectedness isn't the same no. uh because the spaces are far more distinct because you get to bits where like okay I got two keys and then I went through the bit in the forest temple and then I get to the third bit and I'm like, oh, I just need another key. I guess there's another key in here somewhere and walked around a bit and I was in the first room that I didn't remember to climb up the thing. Uh, yeah. And so stuff like that is um, just, it's just weird. The dungeon design is weird. I And it's unfair because <laughs> Link's Awakening is one of the greatest games ever made. Yep. It's it, this is a problem. I feel like in general, three D dungeon Zelda dungeons. Like there's exceptions. There's like a couple dungeons I really like. I really like the Water Temple. There's stuff in Majora's Mask. Um, there's stuff in some future Zelda games. But like, basically, you've cited every problem with these. And and the other one is, of course, that uh, once you get the item for the the dungeon, you know how to solve every problem in the dungeon. Use the item that you get in the dungeon. Yes. It's it's so the actual thing is that like I played this and. The dungeons are, like, fine. I think they're mostly too long because of how, like, it just takes... To do the same thing in 3D takes forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think dungeons can feel um, exhausting in the way that... I don't think Zelda dungeons really... Well, like, some of them are, right? Sometimes you get a death mountain and you're like, damn, this endurance is a feature of this dungeon. But I don't think Ocarina of Time is designed to be that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was realizing that, like, when it comes to, you know, my approach to this kind of world design, I'm like a Resident Evil person, right? Like, I like using keys to open doors on a far more interconnected... Le- like, those are the two approaches to this kind of world design at the time, right? There's yeah. no bit in Resident Evil or Metal Gear Solid, which I, you know, put in the Resident Evil side of this kind of design. Uh, in those games where you, like, get the one item and then that's the rest of the dungeon, you, like, get specific items for specific obstacles that are in the way and it all slots together. Uh, yes. But that's because those games don't have an idea of a dungeon they are one map yeah yep 
Um, and so I played the Master Quest, um, which on 3DS flips the world, which is actually the hardest part of that game is fucking all my memory is backwards. <laughs> Seven times you played that game. Just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Um, but all the overall stuff is the exact same. It, the dungeons are entirely new. It's the same maps, but entirely new puzzles. Like they'll put new enemies and new like solutions. Um, mm-hmm. And some, it, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's interesting in that it sidesteps a lot of the like, Zelda trope of like you get the item and you you solve every problem with the item like um in in uh, Jabba Joe's belly is like the most famous example because instead of it being about carrying Rudo around you basically never interact with her in that dungeon in uh, Master Quest instead there's cows embedded in the walls of Jabba Jabba's belly like the heads of all the cow model and you have to hit various ones to trigger things to happen in the dungeon with like your slingshot you played a different game <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like, weird wow okay that's really that's a lot that's, I, I know that like the master quest development was like a little more beefy than just we're making a remix out like they did some stuff there yeah um, um and so you get to weird situations where like um you like the water temple if you like i bypassed most of it like you get you get the long shot and you don't really need to do a whole lot to get the key and get out of there. It's it's just it's weird in the way I think it makes some of the dungeons easier, but also it changes what you're doing in that a lot of times it's not about using the item like a lot of in like uh in the the fire temple. Um not it's not as much about hitting things with the hammer, which is the obvious thing you do a ton in that game. It is about like micromanaging small keys to get through like a very key constrained space uh until you get the hammer and then you get the hammer and the dungeon's over. You already did everything, basically. Huh. Yeah. That's I mean that scene sounds like like a link to the past dungeon to me. <laughs> yes. Um but then you get to the fucking spirit temple, um, which I think is like a relatively like straightforward dungeon in uh in the original game. Um and you have to go back to be a kid like twice to complete it. <laughs> like you you do it as a kid, you do it as an adult, and then you unlock new stuff as a kid, you have to go back to be a kid to do, and then you finally get the way to complete the rest of the dungeon. It's wild. It's like that- I was like, I cannot believe you're asking me to do this. <laughs> it's very strange, because I, I really like the part where it's that's like you know one of the few parts in the game where it's like damn i'm doing things in one time to affect the other time yes um and the game's a little inconsistent with how like are you making changes i don't think you're meant to be making changes any changes to to you like you bring yes, the items. you carry items but that's it really but but like the stuff oh, and, that happens and you plant bean sprouts those are the two things that happen <laughs> the bean sprouts work differently um, because the game doesn't know <laughs> the, the green spells work because the game doesn't know where you've planted the green spell. But law wise, everything you went back and did as a kid, you have already done. Yes. I think is how they're doing because of yes. you know you learn the song from the person in like that time loop. Yes. Well, that uh, time loop is super weird because yes, it only it, that is like a closed loop that is yes. like goofy in a way. The rest of the game is not about time travel. I was surprised at how little like time travel shit there was. Like going back yeah. and forth, and like the spirit temple is the main expression of this. Um, there's like, like a couple other things, but the spirit temple is like actually designed around it. Uh, and I mostly, I mostly liked it, uh, mm. but I was surprised, I guess, that, like, this is the mechanic of the game in the way that, like, you know, it, it would be like if you only use Flood in one level in Sunshine. How yeah. is the game not about manipulating two different times? Yeah, it's just not what the game's interested in. Yeah, it's weird. 
Um, I think Oracle of Ages is the game you want for that, if you, that's the thing okay. you want. That makes sense. I can see how Capcom get this idea. I'm like, we're going to use the yeah. fucking mechanic we put in our game. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, the thing with Master Quest that is more, is because, like, the dungeon item is so decentralized, it actually is mostly about, like, really concise use of, like, generic equipment. Like, I used Din's Fire, like, eight, eight different times to solve a puzzle in that game. Damn. And you use it once in the original game. <laughs> yes. But there's multiple times where it's like just a room full of shit that needs lit up, and you're like, oh, I know what? I hit the button that lights everything up. Um, it is cool when you stand on that thing and light all the torches. <laughs> yes. Um, and it, it's more about like, you know, uh, like just like, you know, using slingshot and arrows to hit triggers. And it feels almost like a, like a, like a way to put Zelda one ideas back into this game. But because the geometry is basically the same for every dungeon, it doesn't feel, it feels like a weird, like half step. Um, mm-hmm. and the other thing is every enemy hits harder and they put way more enemies in. Uh, you fight your first iron knuckle in the, uh, the water temple, fire temple. It's early in Master Quest. Holy shit. I mean, the iron knuckle, well, we have to talk about the iron knuckle's cool in this game. Yes. Yeah. They're cool enemies. <laughs> and I, now we need to talk about the combat because I, I really hated the combat in this game, but this was a function of it being on the 3DS and not because I don't like the combat. Uh, I just don't like whenever I'm being asked to manage both Z targeting and my shield. And like the second I'm like doing that on a 3DS, like with my hands, I'm like getting to a claw grip and my fingers lock up after 20 seconds. And after every enemy, I have to like pause, shake my fingers out. All right, and I'll fight the next fucking Stalfus and wait here for 15 seconds for him to attack. Um, well, uh, Majora's Mask will solve that problem, but it's a. I feel like it's a less combat-focused game currently. Okay. But I don't dislike the combat. Yeah. Like innately, um, I do think that the enemy design's a little weak. Uh, is the problem? Yeah, um, I mean they 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 translate a lot of the major Zelda enemies into three D. Uh, some like mostly you know like combat mostly boils down to like like uh skulltalas where there's way too many fucking skulltalas in the game um <laughs> yeah i don't even talk about the gold skulls i just mean the descending giant spider skulltalas fucking hate them there's so many of them they're so annoying they're just a pain in the ass from the beginning from the first dungeon all the way through to the end yep um how but, many times did you like get onto a ledge think all right i killed the skulltalas on this and then you climbed up a little high and then a fucking skulltalas knocked you all the way back down uh, more than once because they're entirely different positions in. Oh no! Don't don't Um, and but uh, when I think about this game, I think of like the the Lizalfos, the Stalfos knights, the Iron Knuckles, like the the dueling enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because this game, it, it, like the thing I like about this game is it kind of takes that Zelda two approach of like, there's some enemies where you're just going to one-on-one sword fight them. I just think that a lot of the, like the iron knuckles cooler because like, you know, there's more to do. There's more interactions there. The stealthers, you just like stand there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then you wait for the attack and you attack. And it's like, I get why they did this, right? This is the first time that anyone is holding the trigger to lock on a circle straight around an enemy. So it's going to be based around it swings, you dodge or block, then you hit. Uh, Yeah. But I'm just so used to like, okay, I want to like get in, provoke it, dodge left, it hits this. But you know, like I'm thinking in terms of Neo or something because I'm an action game asshole. Well, you you, there are Zelda games that will have this. (laughs) Thank you for doing this for me. Uh, uh, Wind Waker has a thing where if you you can like 
roll like do like a 180 roll around an enemy and like hit their backside and do like extra damage with it that um, is cool but i don't necessarily think it needs more moves for link i think the enemies just need to be more proactive and well i mean uh, the game is so much more about that there's enemies where like okay. you can only hit them in the back you have to do the roll and attack yeah. um breath of the wild has like the like one it's stamina managed in that game and uh probably our Skyward sword also has stamina management but it has the like dodge at the last minute and you get the slow down and you do like the flurry rush sort of stuff mm-hmm. um which brings it more into like a modern conception of like souls like combat right yeah I- i've seen some like hardcore breath of the wild mechanical breakdown posts yes and it's like that, that seems like that that combat has a lot going on if you really want to dig into it yeah but at the end of the day it's still like Link is a character that has a shield and a sword and uses them, right? Like I like that. Nintendo's not interested in... The one time they made it more complicated, it was a bunch of waggle bullshit that sucked. <laughs> yeah, like, I know they're not going to do the thing. Like, you know, I was I was telling someone, I was like, this is why... Like, I'm playing Ocarina of Time and I'm feeling a little dissatisfied with the combat, um, partially because of uh, sensibilities, partially because of 3DS. And I'm like, this is why I like Souls games less than I like Neo, because Neo has, like... A bunch of combos you can do very quickly, uh, some like different options that you have at your fingertips that like the decision making happens on a second to second basis. Yeah. Like Souls games also have the thing where if you just wait for the enemy to attack and then go behind them and attack, you'll just win a hundred percent of the time. Well, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's that, the is, that is reductive, <laughs> but sure, yes, but th- I mean, it is, it is about managing the space of your like one or two attacks and the enemies, one or two attacks and knowing when to go in and when to back off. When it's I just die. The, the, the timing windows on Ocarina of Time are like a mile. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but when I die in a Souls game, 80% of the time, it's because I was like, I'm standing here, just waiting for this guy to do the one move so I can get behind him. Can I not just attack him? And the answer was no. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's you're the, gonna like, get angry emails about this, and I'm just gonna funnel them all to you, and you're gonna have to answer what a, them all. Angry. I mean, I, it's good. It's good. It's well designed. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I'm like a weird action game nerd who wants yes. systems. It's. I mean, these are systems. They're just different systems, right? Systems is the wrong word. I mean, like you know, when you just like fill a combat system with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, even Neo is a game about like one combo, like two combo. The, their stance is complicated, but you're mostly just hitting the button. Yeah, but you're hitting that button to refill your stamina to get more attacks in yes, every time. That's true. You, there's that's always true. a window where you can like take advantage of a thing to, on like a five second like action cycle that isn't there in Souls games. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, yeah, and it's weird because like Zelda combat has always been like kind of too easy for me, but also this version where they threw more enemies at you and they do double damage, so it hurts. And the thing to negate that, like the the take half damage is like literally the final upgrade you get in the fucking video game um yes you, did you even get it no <laughs> okay i wasn't doing most of the side stuff because uh once you get the gold gauntlets in ganon's tower if you go out there's a fairy fountain under the black pillar outside mm-hmm. ganon's and you'll get the half damage in that game you need it because the game's fucking hard at the end of the game um yeah i was mostly just like do- like i got okay at dodging guys right like the combat yeah. is never difficult because Again, it's the first time they ever did yes. 3D combat. Like, most of the time they took damage in combat was uh, either from just, like, bats that I didn't fucking see, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or a few times where, like, I had just misjudged what 
like counted as blocking Astalfus or something's attack. There's just yes. a few times where like what isn't isn't safe or unclear. But generally speaking, like the part where you're actually being asked to dodge things and fight enemies is incredibly easy because they hadn't. This is it. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to 3D combat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. I because like Zelda to me is not necessarily a combat game. Never was. Um, and so. The way in which combat becomes such a discrete part of the loop in this game is very weird to me, right? Like, in in Link to the Past, you can kind of just kind of get around most enemies as you're, like, solving puzzles. Then you got to fight a boss, but that's a different thing. That's like a puzzle in its own. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just not how these games work at this point now. But, like, Z-targeting is a different, like, mode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like you have to have space to strafe around someone. They have to have space to do attacks. You can't do the thing where you just walk into a room and there are blocks, there's an item, and there's enemies, and you interact with all of them by like moving in the same way and pressing the same yeah. button. Yep. It's just hard. Like translating Zelda into 3D is hard, and like I guess they did it as well as they could because everyone loved this game. It's a masterpiece. Every, like you know, my, me complaining about some bits because I have a weird perspective on it isn't gonna. They did it. They made Ocarina of fucking time. <laughs> They did. It's just a, it's a strange game. Like, yes, it, it's hard to talk about, uh, you know, like having an opinion on gravity. It's like having an opinion. I don't like gravity. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Gravity's fine. I like not being in space. I do like not being in space. Well, that's not true. I'd like to be in space. I like not being in space where I am thrown into space by a lack of gravity and then die. That's true. No one likes that. Yeah. We're done talking about our grand time, aren't we? We are prop I mean, we've got a bunch of questions where people are going to say things about Ocarina of Time, so... Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for you to play Majora's Mask. The one request I have whenever you do it... We're not going to cover it. No. <laughs> um, I'm never letting you... I'm never letting you set a vague deadline on a game again. <laughs> for me, yeah. by the way. It's not happening. Um, you should You should 100% that game. Because it's all about the side quests. Um. Yes. <laughs> this game doesn't really matter. You should do it for that game. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I was surprised. Actually, I will say this. I wasn't doing like the side quests because I was like, you know, I know there's a bunch of side quests in this game. Uh, and then I was surprised at how like little extra stuff I got. I was like, there were bits where like I was like, okay, I'm going to look at a guide and go get some fucking heart pieces. <laughs> um, because you need I had heart pieces. I'd barely gotten any. I just assumed I would be observant enough to come into more. And I just didn't have my brain tuned in the way that I can for 2D secrets. I yeah, could there's, play a, there's an entirely different paradigm for how like getting items works in this game right but like i could play links awakening right now and i don't remember where any of the secrets are i bet i could get 90 percent of them without looking at a guy on a playthrough easy yep um and that just wasn't true here yep yeah yeah i am excited for majora's mask i hope i like it more than this i don't like i said i don't even dislike it because i do think that like these complaints of friction that come from it being the first one to do these ideas and from also being conservative in its design because that's what Nintendo have like become, right? Um, those complaints are kind of nitpicky. Like, it invented action games of this style. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that when I say them. Like, that's why I'm like um wary of... I know that there's a whole, like, backlash or career times overrated, like, crew right that will yeah. have this fight with you and i just think that even if like me you're being a little bit of a hater um you gotta respect this locker of time <laughs>
if you would like to send us emails, you can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com. Uh, you can send them about anything, not just what we're covering for the game club, but, uh, you know, uh, people send them in about all sorts of things. We got a couple emails that came in last time under the wire after we'd already recorded the episode. So we're going to cover them. We're going to start with Maze. Uh, recently caught up with a mapping. I was curious if there was one or a handful of games you've covered that you consider must plays. Um... Every single game we've ever played. That's not true. We have a whole we have a whole page where we show all the games. Let's do it. I'm Let's go to the go, page. I'm just gonna go through. Let's we're go gonna to start page. at the bottom and we're gonna go up. All right. Well, let me wait for this tasteful animation to load all the images in. All right, let's fucking go. Devil May Cry, not a must play. Uh, the DMC Devil May Cry, 2012. We eventually will get to Devil May Cry, and that is a must I was play. Just, I was just going to shout the ones that are must plays. <laughs> yes, no, I will do that now. Uh, um, the the Shiva, Shiva must play. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, Link to the Past, a must play. Yep. Doom. Doom God, is a must play. You've got to fucking play Doom. It might be number one of all the must plays. <laughs> it's, it's definitely high up there. Um, uh... God, it's hate plus here, but you should play analog and uh, hate plus. They're very good. Yep. I think those are must plays. Nobody talks about those games anymore, and I think they're really good. Nope. Planescape Torment. Must That's play. A must play. That is a must play. Hey, Final Fantasy VII. Must, must play. play. Yeah. Um, Dishonored. Must play. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know this isn't. This is on the thing. We didn't do an episode on it, but Bayonetta no, two. I, Bayonetta 2, you know, I think I think anyone with taste and uh, <laughs> <laughs> desires and understanding of things should play Bayonetta 2. I, think I, I, hear, I hear these things. Um, yeah. Alright. Uh, Yakuza 3. You should play Yakuza. And not just, just Zero. Play, just play more Yakuza. Generic. Play deeper into Yakuza. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, isn't, this isn't an episode, but you should play Arkham Asylum. You should. Fucking my friend good. was in my DMs, being like, "Damn, Arkham Asylum, that's pretty cool." Just you know, off playing Arkham Asylum in the wake of uh, everyone posting about the Snyder Cut, and being like, "All right, Batman, love to be Batman, love to be Batman." I had thought, "What if I bought Marvel's The Avengers?" Didn't do that because <laughs> I they, played the fucking Batman. I guess I could play Arkham Knight, but I tried to play Arkham Knight and hated it. So they, they um they just started uh, uh, Arkham City and DMM was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> Uh, Grim Uh-oh. Fandango. Play Grim Fandango. Play Grim Fandango. Play Castlevania. Uh, you should play Castlevania 1 through 3 on the NES, uh, and you should play Symphony of the Night. That'll come up later. Those are all must-plays, I feel like. Yep. Final Fantasy uh, 8? That's a must-play. Um, What do you think for Mario? What should be, you did a lot of Mario videos. What, what are the must-plays for Mario? I feel like... World and 64 are the ones I would say. If you have a 3DS, you need to play 3D Land. Those are the Marios you must play. Yeah, I think you should play two, but it's not a must, must play. I think it's more of a must play than any of the others because it's, you know, World is the best one of those kind of 2D Marios. Yep. Yep. Uh, Super Mario 64 is the best uh, one of the open 3D ones. Super Mario 3D Land is the best, like, course based game ever yep. made. And yes. then the, the only other different thing in Mario is Mario 2. Yep. Attack the Party Monsters must play. If you have a Unfortunately, DS. because we can't all read Japanese. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we would just say go to the source. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, The Legend of Zelda is a must play? The first one? No, absolutely not. Okay. Link's Awakening is a must play. Link's Awakening is definitely a must play. But I, I really like the first Zelda, but it's not a must play. Earthbound, a must, must play. Must play. 
Um, Metal Gear Solid, a must play. Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3 are all must plays. They are all must plays. Um, Let's see. Uh, (laughs) I think it's worth, if you have an Xbox, playing Ninja Gaiden Black. You don't need to finish it, but I think you should play it. It's interesting. It's the best action game. That's not true, <laughs> but it's a it's a vision of action games that doesn't otherwise exist. Like <laughs> it's really singular. I've been laughing about this like internally the whole podcast. I've been like, oh, Ocarina of Time's combat, or whatever. I come out here, I'm like, Ninja Gaiden Black. No other game does action better than this. <laughs> yep. Um, I think you should give Final Fantasy four a shot. Maybe not not your thing, but you should give it a shot. Absolutely. Uh, Mega Man is a must play. You know, I don't really care which one you should play. I prefer the later ones, but, you know, they don't really work without two, having Two gone is through. the one that has the most cultural cachet. Yes. Uh, six is probably the easiest to get into, and it's really fun. It's a good game. Yeah, but it's also like a victory lap. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just love NES Mega Man. I did the whole series and uh, fell in love with Mega Man in a cool way. Yep. Um, did we miss Mist, or did I do that way later? we haven't done mist yet okay yeah i mist just saw the later. room coming up and i was like we mist did is room after mist we did the room Damn. before we did the room before mist yeah that's uh anyway um you should play a hitman game we played blood money but you can play any of them really yep. uh you should play the room the room two is the best one but you know the room's really short you get it on mobile or steam or whatever yeah if you can play it on touchscreen i would recommend that way but whatever it's the room metroid fusion must play. That's an amazing game. Holy shit. I think Jazz Punk's still worth playing. I think that's definitely a game you should play. Yeah. Tomb Raider Legend? Must play. Must play. Katamari Damacy. Katamari Damacy, absolutely a must play. Um, Shovel Knight's on here because I did LP of it. You should play Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight's great. Pikmin 3, must play. Absolutely. Right, that's on Switch now. You can't play that. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to. I think if I was going to go play that, I'd play it with the Wii U actual pointer and not the... Uh, shitty um, pointer system they have on Switch. Yeah, yep. but uh, anyway, you can play Pikmin. It's good. Yep. Uh, full throttles on here. I think that's a must play. I did LP of that, and I talked about it. Jackson didn't play that one. Uh, okay. Missed. Must play. I think. Must play. Devil um, May Cry. Devil May Cry. Absolutely a must play. Uh, Burn Band. <laughs> Burn Band is a must play. Gravity Bone is a must play. Yep. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 10. Ten. Must play. Thumper. Res and Thumper <laughs> are must plays. They're free on PlayStation if you have a PS4 or a PS5. That's true. Um uh, Shadow of the Colossus, a must play. Yep. Uh, uh, where's uh, the next must ma- Tacoma, a must play. Tacoma is a must play. Final Fantasy uh, X 2 is also a must play. must play. Ape Escape, must play. Oh god damn. Ape that was two. We played two. Yes. But, the two's hiding in there in that little logo. Yeah. I think Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is a must-play. I think it's a mess. I think you shouldn't, if you fall off when it gets super racist in the back third, that's fine. But it's a must-play. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Killer7, must-play. Absolutely. No no question. Yeah. Uh, Titanfall 2. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think that game's really good. Yeah, I'm just always surprised by your affection for it, considering how disappointed you were at the I mean, time. There are like, there's like things I don't like about it, but yes. like it's six hours and it's like on Game Pass. You should play it. You should play it. You should play you it. Can, yes. If you have PC, you can give EA like five dollars and play that and something else on there in a month. Yeah. Um, hey, Sonic Adventure Two must, must play. play. <laughs> yep, must play. Um, Outer Wilds. 
Outer Wilds is a must-play. Absolutely. Uh, if you're playing Link's Awakening, please play the original. The Switch one's fine, but the original. Oh, right, better. yes. We did the Switch one, and yeah. Yep. Original, uh, or, yeah, the DX version, I guess. Yep. Disco Elysium. Must-play. Yep. Halo Combat Evolved. That's true. Incredible game. I would play, uh, I would specifically play Halo and uh, ODST and probably 3. I mean, you, you know, if you're doing that, if you're you, doing that, you might as well play 2. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like 2 very much. Metroid Prime, absolutely must play. That's, oh, God. It's so funny how much more I like Metroid Prime compared to uh, Ocarina of Time. Outrun 2006, Coast to Coast, must play. Really, any version of Outrun 2 you can get your hands yeah, on yeah. is a must play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part is uh, irrelevant. Um, is that the last must play? I think uh, you should play uh, For Whom the Frog uh, Tolls. Or Frog oh, yeah, there tolls. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, say Kodelka's a must-play. You would say Kodelka, <laughs> I would say... Uh, you should play Parasite Eve is what you should play. I, You know what? You're right. I should play Parasite <laughs> Eve. It's sitting there waiting for me. So that that's our, that's uh, that's it. Those are the games. Those, Those are the must-plays. Must uh, if anything got snubbed, it's because it was a bad game that we hate. Yep. <laughs> that's how it works. Yep. Uh, we have an email from Josh asking, uh, "What are there any games that you picked up specifically because of the box art, or the games you think are underserved by their box art?" Mm, this is a I don't remember game box art. Um, I feel like I'm a little late to this. Like by the time I was buying games, I was yeah, already buying magazines and looking online. Uh, so the idea of going into a game shop and seeing a game that I didn't recognize was not a thing that happened very often. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, I, I feel like I feel like all the when I was getting box art for Ocarina of Time, I realized all the Zelda box art is fucking terrible. Yeah, <laughs> just the goddamn shield and the sword. Nobody wants this. Get out of here. I feel like Ocarina of Time should have like Final Fantasy X's layer of good box art. It, it's not. It's the fucking worst. It's bad in all regions. It's just a bad game to have box art of. Um, let me see the 3DS one. That's better. It's better, but I just, it's, I don't know. Something about Zelda, I just feel like the box arts are always pretty bad. Breath of the Wild's okay, but it's just that one image you've seen a hundred times. Yeah. I don't like the Breath of the Wild box art. Well, you're wrong, but that's fine. No, I, I think it's cool. I just think, like, I think of all the posts about, like, everyone comparing them to fucking normal Rockwell paintings, and I get annoyed. It's oh, like, well, yes, that's just stupid. <laughs> leans into that side of the, like, this is why Zelda is, is good aesthetic stuff, and I'm like, that's dumb. Um, but I do, uh, you know, I, I, Breath of the Wild's an incredible looking game. Right, that Wimbeck HD box art's terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. These are all bad. There's no good Zelda box art. Yeah. I guess I I kind of like the Skyward Sword one. Yeah. Damn. Actually, I like this Triforce Heroes box art because it's not trying to be like minimalist evocative. It's just three tune links. This is fine box yeah. art. Anyway. Um, Gary writes in an abnormal mapping forty one <laughs> eight hundred years ago. You made you made a brief list of perfect video games at the time. You listed Tetris, Super Hexagon chess i guarantee i made this list <laughs> this is definitely you uh jackson tried to sneak in halo but m denied its inclusion it's been five years since then do you have any amendments to the perfect video game list what is your response on halo now you've played it um if you were gonna put one in i guess i'd pick odst is it perfect on the same level that uh super hexagon is perfect no, absolutely not. I think I'd put Hollow Knight on this list. I think I'd take Chess off. I think Chess has fallen in favor. 
I think I'd put Sudoku on. I've been watching Chess a lot flop of Crackling Cryptic. <laughs> Chess flop era. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, God. Yeah. I mean, yes. Cracking the Cryptic alone brings Sudoku back. <laughs> I think I'd put Minesweeper on. You know what? Yes. Yep. Uh, and Outrun, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just true. There's no just, denying that. It's just fucking Outrun, too. What can you say? <laughs> yeah. Abnormal mapping 41, huh? Yeah, I don't, what episode was 41? Google that for me. Um, no, I'm on the page. I'm there. I'm almost there. Uh, 48? 43? Uh... <laughs> 41 was expand oh okay a game yeah. that no one remembers or cares about yeah it's fine but i i liked it yep uh we have an email from richard who asked to play this game uh it's a long one so i'm gonna try to condense some stuff um so Richard uh, played this game when uh, he played all of the Zeldas in 2016. Most of them was revisits, uh, but it was the first time that he uh, played Ocarina of Time. First time ever touched Link's Awakening. Um, have extremely soft spot for the two Oracle games. Uh, played at the right age, so Link's Awakening was extremely my shit. Also, God, I love the Game Boy. Uh, aside, uh, putting aside Richard email, I've never finished Oracle of Ages of Seasons. I kind of was out of the Game Boy when they hit. Uh, I was playing Final Fantasy. I had no time for the Game Boy. Um, <laughs> and um, every time I go back to them, they just seem slow as fuck uh, is the problem. I like Minish Cap a lot, which is the same team. That game is blisteringly fast compared to those. I don't um, understand. How, I, I've not played them, but you tell me that there's two more games on the Link's Awakening engine. I'm like, well, they must be great. Like, inherently, they can't be bad. There's a lot more there's a lot more like item usage of like oh you have this seed satchel that has three different types of seed in it when you open up your satchel you have to pick which seed you want to assign to the button oh and good use the seed satchel i love to sp- i mean the the one the one annoying thing about link's awakening is how much time you spend at the start menu yes so i guess they yeah. made that worse yeah anyway i'd like to go back and play them at some point i don't know when i'm going to do that though they are the big gaps in my zone i've never finished skyward sword and i've never finished the oracle games and that's Unless you count Triforce Heroes, that's it. That's all the Zelda I haven't finished. Well, those Oracle games might get finished. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Skyward Sword is not getting finished. Nope, I watched uh, I watched into that on YouTube years ago, and I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't fucking bother with this thing. Um, I could just play like Lament of Innocence right now. <laughs> I always am saying, man, I wish I was playing Lament of Innocence. <laughs> Should put Zelda in the sword. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, there's, uh, some notes here. Uh, yeah, Richard, uh, played this in Zero Expectations, totally off guarded by the battle system. Uh, when in expecting 2D Zelda combat, that's actually what I was expecting too. I was also expecting that too. Um, and then when I saw what it was, I was kind of expecting something a little more East-like and it wasn't even that either. Um, but yeah, as, as a lock and key progression system, it really clicked with me. Uh, let's see. Uh, literally didn't realize that you could pause and use items until like an hour into the game. I also had the same reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you're following the game like appropriately, if you're if you're getting everything, you don't run into the need to like back out of battle ever for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I occasionally time. backed out of battle because I like made a mistake, but yeah, like you know, it's yep. mostly fine. Yep. Uh, if my memory serves towards the end, I started using safe states more liberally. Me too. <laughs> I actually didn't. Um, I managed to get through the whole game without safe states because I tried to use safe states on the card once, and then the card glitched out. Weird. Did you get that fixed? I don't. It, I think it might not have actually been the card. I think it may have been like me not having enough battery. Oh, okay. 
And so, like, the Game Boy was just going on and off right of a sudden, but I didn't understand that at the time. Okay. <laughs> so I just finished the game. Yep. Uh, I talked about how surprising the game was. It was really funny. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it clearly comes through even in the translation. Like, translation isn't adding a bunch of jokes or whatever. And the last 20 minutes are nuts. And it's true. It's, it's true. wild. <laughs> it's... Because I was like, I hate this game a lot. But then the last 20 minutes being, like, mwah. The whole thing is yeah. like an entire, you know, the game exists to have an ending. It's good. Thank you, Richard, for asking us to do this. This was absolutely a fucking wild choice. I was so excited. Um, all right. Uh, we've got one for Alex. I uh, decided against playing Ocarina this month because that's your gun on the table. But I did play <laughs> <laughs> some Frog for Hidden Belt Holes. Uh, was a little frustrated with the different jump mechanics. Now you have to hold the button uh, when you're trying to let climb to high places on that. It's really enjoyable. Uh, also, the battle animation of you pressing B includes stepping back. Escape should never not work. It's just rude. <laughs> uh, questions. Did either of you try speedrun tech for Ocarina? Jackson. Huh? <laughs> did i try speedrun tech for a yeah. time no i did not but i did i haven't actually watched the speedrun now but you know i've never seen the speedrun rock your time because i hadn't played the game but now i can go and see just how broken the game is so because i imagine watch you need to watch a speedrun and then you need to watch a gl- you need to watch the glitchless one and then like one of the newer like memory mod speedruns which just breaks the game entirely <laughs> okay because when i've seen like little clips it's usually been of like bits towards the end so i've seen like bits of the final battle and specifically bits of like uh, going down the temple, like the, not temple, the Ganus Castle, right? The big escape yeah. sequence. Yeah. Um, so I've seen like bits of those, but I don't actually know anything really about the like mechanics of Ocarina of Time speedruns. Though I- in the game, at the one bit where I like climbed to the top of that thing, like the big tower in Kakarot Village, and then jumped left to get over the fence, I was like, this just feels like a speedrun glitch. This can't be how you're meant to get over this fence. Um, it's one of the ways you can get over the fence. I know it is intended, but it just feels like it's broken. The one thing I always do, and I've been doing it since, like, I was told about it, probably in the aughts, is the first time I leave uh, Kakiri Forest, I definitely go backwards and walk backwards to Hyrule Castle, because you move back faster backwards than forwards. Yeah, I, I cu- a couple times tried that, because I know it's faster, but lining myself yeah, up you can, you can, It's annoying. the only way you can get there before night falls. Um, oh. Night. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense, because the night does... Yeah, that's annoying. Yes. If you don't make it, you just beeline to... Uh, Long Long Ranch do that instead. So mm-hmm. it's not the biggest deal. Actually, you can't do Long Long Ranch yet because Marin's not there because she's fucking waiting for her dad to wake up. You have to you have to get yeah, him to yeah. wake him up and then he delivers the milk. Yeah. Uh, how come Link never turns into a frog? I'm always you do serenade this. some frogs in this game for one of the heart pieces. Did you do that one? Uh, no. Okay. Um, there's the frogs who give you the Ocarina song in uh, Link's Awakening. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and Jackson, what gun on the table game do you have for me? None, right? None. I mean, it was Halo, I guess. We were playing we, Halo. We did but, it. <laughs> I mean, the actual thing is, like I said, this was like bad for me to ever have a gun on the table thing like this. I'm like, like I said, if, if M wants me to like do something with any kind of urgency, they'll ask. I'll make an effort to do it. But these like long, hey, you should do this one day. I never do them and I always feel bad. I've never, I haven't watched Batman. I haven't watched Twin Peaks yet. All these one day things never happen. <laughs> yep. So yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, I just have to be like, either I do something or I'm not doing it. And that's uh, how I operate from now on. Yeah. Um. Uh, um, we have an email from Autumn. 
Uh, I was listening to Adam talk about hitting a hard wall in Ninja Gaiden Black 2, or Ninja Gaiden 2. Uh, Ninja Black 2 is what Autumn wrote. I'm roasting <laughs> Autumn Black right here. <laughs> and I wanted to ask what's the absolute most BS hard wall of difficulty you've ever hit in the game. I got stuck in Nevin, the evil Bat Lady, and Devil May Cry 3 for a week and never finished that game. That boss is fucking hard. Yeah. I I tried that boss many, many times and almost gave up, but I, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm playing through four now and just the addition of Dante being able to stand switch is so much better. I, I should maybe play that version that has the stand switch mod or whatever. There's the mod, but the, the switch implementation is so much better. You might just want to try it on switch. Yeah. I don't want to play the game on switch though. No, that's why everyone's mad about this. Yes. <laughs> um... That Ninja Gaiden Black Two, uh, Ninja Gaiden Two one really did bother me. I'm, Which, I was enjoying that game quite a bit. <laughs> you described that game as made entirely out of hate the other day because you like transformed into like one of the many guys who wanted to be Charlie Brooker in the two thousands. <laughs> um, I've never even watched Charlie Brooker, so that just came naturally. <laughs> no, but you have seen Zero Punctuation. That's true. I have. There you go. You're caught up to the British culture. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but like the the thing about Ninja Gaiden Two that's is that like the that that game is just like hardcore bullshit in a way that is charming is the wrong word because I don't blame anyone for walking away from it, right? But the part where it's just a, like a weird disaster game that shouldn't be is the like reason people recommend it because uh, it's it's like a worse game than Ninja Gaiden Black. Yeah, but. It's really sick, is the thing. Yes, I, that's like the one that I think I I don't I don't think I've hit a wall that hard since then. Which was the which that. specifically was the bit? It's a bit. I think it was chapter five with the where you're in oh, the, right, you're yes, in the, the canal the, city the and canal all the stuff, yes. weird like scorpion blade guys on the water. I'll have to play that game again soon and report as to what happens to me when I get to that part. Yeah. See if I get uh, screwed up by it because that that game's hard. Uh, that game's fucking yeah. hard. Uh, Jackson's is apparently Dompe's race for the hookshot. I couldn't even... No, it wasn't even that. The thing that actually got me back in the day, which I felt so embarrassed when I got there now, uh, but the thing I failed to do was find which grave was Dompe's. <laughs> so so I, went, I went to the graveyard and I was like, okay, he's, it's under a grave somewhere. So I went to the big grave and I, uh, you know, played... Um, Zelda's lullaby, and I went under there and got the thing, and then uh, I was like, "All right, was that what I was that was that what I needed to get into the forest temple?" And no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you can do that as a kid. You can do as a kid. I think you, I think you do. I think you get Sun Song as a kid. I guess you have Zelda's lullaby the whole time. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never. Yeah. I just kind of like. I uh, having come off of um. Uh, frog game i was like these kind of games always just like you should do the thing that's in front of you because if you side quest stuff you'll just start stuff that you'll eventually come back to later that's actually yeah. kind of not what ocarina of time is no uh um we've got an email from matt uh what is your favorite non-zelda zelda game i think mine is the first darksiders um I, you know i think i'm gonna pick frog game honestly it's frog fucking game. good <laughs> it's better than most zelda games <laughs> it's better than most zelda games absolutely Better than Link to the Past, easy. Yep. 
Uh, do you think changing the Lord Temple for 3DS version of Ocarina was the right move? Made the dungeon more comprehensible, but still felt like it was in keeping the spirit of the original. Uh, I think the boots change is good. I think the signposting is a little obnoxious. It's fine. I knew how to play. The thing is, I don't, I don't have a version where I went into the Water Temple not knowing how to do it with the 3DS changes. So it, to me, it's just like they put like the big glowing sign that's like jump on the Goomba. And I'm like, I know how to jump on the Goomba. You don't need to help me jump on the Goomba. Uh, I appreciated it, but it definitely like it's weird. When I got to that dungeon, I was like, this is cool. I'm like doing more like, actual like multiple path stuff, but I, it wasn't, it was still feel like I was being led along a road in the way that most of the other dungeons felt like, I don't know how I would feel if I had played the original, just like, all right, go nuts. Yeah. Uh, style. Uh, Oracle of the Ages of Oracle of Seasons. Obviously, we can't answer that. Sorry. Yep. Never played it. Uh, what's your favorite frog? All of them. I love all frogs equally. I don't think that's true. I think you're full <laughs> <of> shit. <laughs> Making that up. Yep. I named my prince Caro. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because uh, I couldn't fit in my name. I assume yours was just called M. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. I, uh, I mean, ob- the, the obvious and most likely answer anyone's going to give is Frog from Chrono Trigger, right? Frog from Chrono Trigger is super cool, is the thing. It's a yep. cliche answer, but for a reason. Yep. I like, um, I like Slippy from, uh, Star Fox. That's a good Oh, frog. right. I guess not even gun on the table. You do want me to play, uh, Star Fox 64 one day. I think you just really like it, is the yeah. thing. I believe you. I won't be playing, uh, Star Fox NAS. I'm just going to play 64. Yep. Uh, Simon writes in, having recently re-listened to Team Teamworks Remix album Ocarina of Rhyme, I am wondering, I, I've not heard of this, I'll have to listen to this at some point, if one character in the game actually spit a verse about themselves or the contribution to the story of Zelda backed by their own theme song, who do you think would have the sickest rap? Well, it has to be backed by their own theme song. I mean, it's just like, who's going to who's gonna have the best verses about themselves? I don't know. I think it's Beetle. He's not even in this game, uh, but I think it's Beetle. I think Beetle's fucking like awesome at rapping. He's like that guy from uh, Devil Man Cry Baby. He just walks up and he drops super hot verse. And then he's like, hey, buy something, will you? And you're like, okay, sure. I'll buy some nuts or a fairy in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Beetle's cool. This album seems sick. I just loaded it up. Okay. Immediately with like a, a sick Lost Woods beat. Cool. Yeah, I'll check that out then. Um uh, Rick writes in, Ocarina of Time is unique among games that I have played because it's the one game I first played in the lobby of a movie theater in the brief window of time when the 64 <laughs> came out and they put kiosks in places other than Toys R Us. What are your experiences, memories having to do with demo kiosks, if any? I played the Ocarina of Time demo at a Walmart, I want to say. Uh, I played Mario 64 at the Air Force Base in town because my dad was a vet and you get on the base and they had a Mar, they had a 64 demo before anyone else did. And I played Mario 64 and I, my life was changed in an instant. Um, it was the best thing I'd ever touched. I can't imagine what it's like <laughs> to play. Cause I, I played a demo of uh, Mario 64 DS <laughs> on DS kiosk, which is not as revelatory uh, in 2004, but I can't imagine having a SNES, like what it's like going into a shop and, 
having never touched like you know maybe you've played doom if you're a pc gamer probably you're probably I was not. not a pc gamer you're, you're, i was you're a nintendo not. gamer and i had a chip on my shoulder about all those pc gamers with their dumb violent games that were for like, right. rude kids and so you walk into a stop and you just for the first time with no expectations touch mario 64 holy shit world expanded immediately yes the, the actual the weird thing about pc gaming at that era because i didn't have a, we didn't get a pc till way later i had a commodore 64 that my dad bought and I didn't know how to use really because he got it secondhand and didn't have any instructions on how to do fucking anything. Um, anyway, I I didn't grow up with PC games. I knew about Doom, but I never played it, and I thought it seemed kind of dumb. Um, and but I I'd, I'd seen a news report about how popular Mist was, and I thought Mist sounded like the coolest fucking game in the world. And I had a friend who had a PC, and his parents had Mist. But he thought it was boring, so he'd never let me play it. And it was infuriating. <laughs> or the way things can be infuriating when you're like nine. Nine, yeah. No, I know that is very relatable. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we have uh, an email from May. This is different May. Um Let's see. I haven't played Ocarina of Time yet, but I remember saying it sucked in high school because of the sequelitis video, which I uh, promised myself for my own sake I would not watch. So I have not watched it for this. I have also not watched it. I've gotten better since then, but it's left me wondering. Actually, you tried to watch it and were like, I can't do this. Yes, no, yes. I got 30 seconds in on a call with you, and Eager Raptor was so just fucking intolerable as a human being to hear speak that I had to close it. I was like, oh, I physically can't do that. The video has 12. So, didn't watch this one, but I have seen the. um. Mega Man X one. Yes. Uh, which is which... just a wrong about every... It's wrong the... about why Mega Man X is good. It's definitely wrong about why Mega Man was good. It's so wrong that it would just... And, like, I I know people who stills, like, you know, they're not directly signing it, but, like, it lingers in the culture as, like, a deeply important piece of criticism about Mega Man that hurts so much. Those NES Mega Man games are amazing. Oh, yeah. I hate him. I hate him. Anyway, uh, May was wondering, what are your thoughts on YouTube games criticism scene, especially the game design analysis for non-game designer genre? Uh, I think it mostly sucks. I think it mostly sucks. I do not dislike all of the videos, but I profoundly hate it as the default framing. Like, no one can just make, here's some criticism on level design and JRPGs and level systems. It has to be framed like, here's how you can make your systems better. And I'm like, well, I'm not developing the next Final Fantasy game, so I don't give a shit. Please just do some criticism for me. The, the yeah, uh, the thing that I'm left with was like, like I think Mark Brown's... I, I, I think his game maker's toolkit is for tools. Wow. Rack I think it sucks. I think, I think it's bad. I think he doesn't understand why the games are good. I think he's way too prescriptive about the things you need to make a game good. Um, there are YouTube channels. I like, I'm going to open up my 300 YouTube subs. And I'm going to find the channels. I like that are doing stuff that is like, not just let's plays. You should listen to Dia's let's plays. Go to Dia Lucina on YouTube. Uh, she does great. Let's plays. Um, you know, our friend Omar does a lot of great stuff on YouTube that is all over the place. That's at cigarettes, S-I-E-G-A-R-E-T-T-E-S. Um, but, um, God, uh, Mini-Me, how do you spell that? Mini-Me's videos are great. That's <laughs> Mini-Me like is great. Oh, I love Mini-Me. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, Mini-Me with two M's for, it's like Minim-Me. 
Yes. So mini and um, me, I guess. Yes. He just covers like really, he just covers games that no one else is going to talk about. Just obscure shit. Like, do you want to know about every cars game ever made? I sure do. <laughs> the thing I really appreciate about mini means videos is that they're not deep critical. Like, you know, this podcast, we get into like the weeds with themes and stuff. The mini videos are super, they're not that they're like super accessible. Like, I don't mean this. I mean, this is a compliment. Right? They're like the vision of what, like, GameSpot was doing in 2003, like very surface level. Here's the mechanics. Here's what the game is. Explanatory videos, but like they're entertaining, they're direct. Also, explaining mechanics in an open way is its own form of criticism if you do it right. Like yes. you just walk through what the game is, and then you walk through what the implications of that are, and you have that's it. That's all <laughs> secret. That's all it was the whole time. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Minimi is great. Uh, a couple channels I like that are like not actually criticism, just like gay. I like like people just talking about games ephemera. I like uh, modern vintage gamer. Um, I oh, like everyone the loves modern vintage gamer. LGR always gets a shout out. That dude's great. Um, gosh, um, I like that one guy who does the animation stuff. I don't remember his name. Uh, oh, uh, New Frame Plus. Yes. Doesn't uh, post that often, but I do enjoy those videos quite a bit. I enjoy those because they are of the same style of the Mark Brown type stuff, but he actually works in the field and yes. has specific information about working in the field, so it doesn't feel like, oh, I've repackaged my criticism as design advice. He has a really good video on the animation of Sonic games that is like so really good. long, but it is worth watching the entire thing. It's really yes. good. Uh, yeah, it earns it. You just you know pause that at each game if you want to. Yeah, um, you, uh, you just uh, not. It's not like design criticism, but uh, kind of in the way that Minimi does. Uh, my friend Pam has a YouTube channel that cannot be tamed, where she just talks about video games that come out, like just normal, like two camera talking about a video game. Um yeah. and it's just normal and good, and it's not like super like gamer talk. It's not fucking console war shit it's just here's a video game i'm just going to explain it to you and honestly there's just not enough of that no because you know we'll click on some stuff and we'll get like okay here's a single news article stretched to 15 minutes to the algorithm and you're like this is the worst platform umbrella terms is really good does short uh like itch style game criticism just like here's five minutes on what this game is and why it's good or bad um that's really good straightforward um think that's everyone off the top of my head uh, that's that's just the kind of stuff i'm interested in like i like uh summoning salt and um god who's that other guy that you sent me for the um the uh videos on um oh, speedrunning stuff yeah there's there was another guy that did like um spyro one did you show oh, like spyro the rixer the, the rixer the, the rixer yeah the, but like yes yeah the summoning salt and there have been various um yes. derivatives of that form uh you know, some the thing some I like is, about uh the Rixer is the thing Summoning Salt doesn't really do is get into like what it is to be like a workaday streamer and like yes. work with Taz stuff. Like they talk to like Taz creators. They're also um, like their 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 purview is smaller because they are in the scene in a way yes. that uh Summoning Salt nest isn't always in the scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that whole that whole like area of YouTube is great. Yeah. Um yeah, I have a couple of people that I watch who just like repair old consoles and stuff. There's one person I follow who just reviews like uh, Chinese clone consoles or whatever, like or like emulation boxes. Everyone's into this SP that's like an inch big right now. And I'm like, this is not good. Everyone's saying it's good, and I'm sure it emulates fine because the screen's an inch big. But I don't want to touch that thing. It Get seems out of your bad. Mind. Every time I've seen the thumbnail for that, I'm like, what? Do, why would I want that? Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's like, oh, it's great. Um, I'm convinced most of those people don't actually spend time playing games on the... They just like collecting the things, which I understand. Yes. It's fine. That's just not what I'm in it for. No, I actually want an SP to play some video games on. Yep. Um, we get an email from Hilver asking uh, a comparison only I can weigh in on. Darksiders or Okami? This is... Uh, this Okami, is, uh... but man, it's fucking cursed. I don't like either of those games. Most people of our like scene would probably just answer akami flat you're the akami hater i don't like akami but i don't like darksiders more um and then uh salamon writes in uh a lot of people used to complain about the water temple but for me jabu jabu is a far more frustrating dungeon that's correct that's a whole podcast in uh, one line <laughs> to you what is the best and worst dungeons in all of zelda i can't answer this <laughs> you can answer what you've played um, oh, I don't remember. Like, I I guess Eagle's Tower because the one from uh, Eagle's Tower is my there. favorite. Um, okay. there's one the Goron uh, Dungeon in Majora's Mask. I don't remember what it's called. Is my second favorite. Very close second. Um, least favorite is the Desert Dungeon in Twilight Princess, where you get the spinning top thing. It's oh, the I've most. S- it's I've the seen most that one. you just use the the item you got to do the dungeon. There's nothing to it. It sucks. It's a baby game for babies. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Um, that, man, that dungeon fucking blows. There's some cool dungeons in uh, Twilight Princess, a game I mostly don't like. That's not one of them. Yeah. But that's it for emails. All of them. Some some people said they were going to write in. If you wrote in between now and when the episode comes out, I'll get you next month. Um, next month we are continuing our JRPG sojourn. Woo. What? I just saying woo. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that didn't mean I've ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we are playing live a live, live alive, whatever you want to call it. Live alive, live a live. Wikipedia wants you to know not to be confused with data live. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Don't worry about that. Uh, thankfully, the data live page does say not to be confused with live a live. <laughs> Again, not a problem. Uh, that is a Super Famicom game that has a fan translation. Um, I'm going to be playing it on my DS, uh, emulated. Um, but you can get that on whatever you want. Um, I've, I, I've, I've tried it both injection and through SNES 9X. I feel like SNES 9X looks a little better, but your mileage may vary on that. Um, I'm going to be playing that on my television. disagreed with me, but that's fine. Super review. Um, but yeah, play it however you want. Um, it, it, I've, I've already started. It seems pretty cool. So yeah. Um, then next month we'll announce what our next two months are. We don't even know what, what's coming right after Live a Live. Um, no, we only have the JRPGs planned. That's just a month for us to choose the video games. Yeah. I do know what the next JRPG is, but that's a secret. It is a secret. I actually think everyone in the Discord knows what it is. <laughs> Pretty sure I've just said what it is already. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. It's Lost Odyssey. I thought that was June. No, wait, that is June. Oh, that no! Is June. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's between Live Live and June? No! Three months from now is June. <laughs> no! <laughs> we did this whole podcast. We did a long one. Oh, my God. Jackson, plugs. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. 
they're cool. You can listen to them. Uh, we've got repertory screenings hopefully coming back soon after a little break this month because of yep. uh, all the other health stuff. Uh, and you should listen to Journal Updated at sec- the second best game dot club, uh, which is our friends uh, Nora and Molly talking about video games with choice yeah. in them. This month they are going to be playing Fable, and they got some takes about. Fa- you want to talk about some games that are uh, some fantasy games that left the racism in there. <laughs> Uh, that episode should be coming out in just a couple days. I don't know when this is going to go up. I'm hoping Monday, but we'll see how editing goes. We'll see. Um, so long as it's this month, then you're fine. That's the only thing yep. we've never missed is an abnormal mapping yeah. month. Yeah, no, I, I'm not about to start now. Yeah. And then they have um, Disco Elysium next month, which you should definitely yeah. definitely listen to. Yeah, listen to our episode of Disco Elysium, and then listen to their episode of Disco Elysium. Actually, yes. before you listen to our episode of Disco Elysium, you got to listen to the Waypoint Radio episode of Disco Elysium. Then you can listen to our episode, and then you can listen to Journal Updated. That is, that is, they will, all of those will be like directly referenced. Like, ours references that Waypoint one a lot. Yeah. So, uh, that's the way you should go. Good podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project every Wednesday. We are talking about Gundam right now. We're covering Gundam X and Ghost of Shell Standalone Complex. We still have a couple of weeks <laughs> of that. Um, and uh, for $5, you get a new podcast called Blockbusters, where once a month, me and Jackson watch a uh, popular movie and talk about what it means to try to read popular Hollywood cinema. Uh, the way we do things, often it means getting very mad about conservative values shoved into kids' movies. Uh, but this month, uh, since I was out with a bad back, Austin Walker filled in, uh, and Austin and Jackson covered the Snyder Cut uh, for uh, Justice League, which was a good episode. And Thank that's you. actually at $1. So you can, if you want to preview what Blockbuster is about, you can check that episode out. Yep. It's mostly kind of what me and Jackson would have talked about, but Austin's way smarter than me, honestly. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Being and $10, you get VoIP Life. Uh, VoIP Life is every two weeks, me and Jackson goof off. This is where we talk about like weird emulation mishaps we have hacking my vita all sorts of bullshit uh there's a lot of game talk in there usually so i feel like it's the most simpatico at this one because right now it's gamer mode at uh normal mapping headquarters at least for me and i just drag jackson along behind me yeah because i do less somehow you've got the full-time job but i somehow do less um you've got a lot on your plate it's fine it's fine it's fine. there's a thing on there is a th- it's been so much harder to i'm struck by how much harder it's been regularly month in month out to like finish the game for game club nothing's different other than the world ended yeah. knock <laughs> on wood next time we record i might be vaccinated once oh, don't even get me started i'm in the uk that is not happening for me yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it helps to have high blood pressure i guess <laughs> get you on the list faster because nebraska is really slow about fucking vaccinating people yep uh, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening, of course. Play some video games, listen to as many podcasts as you can fill your head with, and we'll be back next month. Goodbye. Link, here come to town.
got through that entire podcast without going, here, here, here. <laughs>